The Red-Haired Giants of North America Few Americans alive today are aware that at one time, red-haired giants roamed the land of North America. Most Americans believe that the Native Americans were the first to inhabit North America. Yet there were others, a much more ancient race, that walked the hills and valleys, plains and deserts, of pre-Columbian America. Evidence of giants, people 7 to 12 feet tall, exist in the fossil records. Tools and other artifacts were recovered from many archaeological digs. Giant skeletal remains have awed, and sometimes frightened researchers and explorers as far back as the 16th century. Some present-day Native American tribes still recite the legends of the giants, and how their ancestors fought wars against them. All of a sudden, I'm in this alley and I'm all by myself and I smell my grandmother, my, my, my grandmother who passed away many years before. I smelled her perfect, that old lady perfume, like her perfume. And it like embraced me, like engulfed me, like it was all, it, I, it was it saturated me. Okay, guys, welcome back to the Dry America show. We are going to be chatting a little bit of everything. With Ralph Anthony Castaldo. Ra. Ra, a little bit later. And we got our friend of the show, James Nations, going to join us for the intro. But first, uh, Graham, I shaved my legs down the I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> How's it going, buddy? I, I did, actually, on before purpose. That, before that, it was going to be, Graham, that's a good-looking pastry, Dunlop. <laughs> you like that, eh? Yeah. yeah. So, so I shaved my legs when I was in my early 20s. <laughs> for, uh, for, I was biking and stuff a little bit, and I wanted to see what they looked like without hair. But I didn't even t- <laughs> just your legs. Yeah, yeah. It just gets well, now, I wasn't even now, talking about that. Yeah. <laughs> like we said, legs. <laughs> you want to see what they look like? No, because Darren, Darren noticed that I had to shave my leg to put tape on it for the hockey tournament. Did you have Chewbacca legs or? What? What's going on? No, 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 no. I just had to sh- oh. put tape on this. So Darren was bugging me because I had to shave one leg for tape. How many razors did you go through? Oh, I think two of them in the shower. <laughs> I didn't have the electrical clippers, electric clippers. So it was just brutal just trying to. You need the, the near. <laughs> what do I, what do I say when I come into the studio to shave legs and shorts? <laughs> Got the short shorts on showing off his shaved legs. No, it's one. It's just around the knee where I had to. <laughs> You've got to shave them both for symmetry. That doesn't make it better. It (laughs) makes it stick out like a sore thumb. You look look like you fell off your bike and scratched all your hair off. It's okay, though. We love you for it. So enough about me. Makes your legs look beefcake-ier. Beefcake-ier? Beefcake-ier. Muscular? Muscular. (laughs) (laughs) And welcome back, James. Yeah, good good to have you here. We should have been recording the last 15 minutes. We're just howling. Yeah. That was pretty funny stuff we were talking about. Yeah. Old. Now the mm-hmm. listeners, you're gonna get mail. Now they're gonna be like, well, "What were you talking about?" Yeah. Well, 80s wrestling. And yeah. Like, Graham and fucking James pretending to be wrestlers. Yeah. Send in your favorite wrestling move from the old days to Graham, so we can laugh yeah, about like the moves. The 80s wrestling. It's gotta be yeah. like 80s. Coco, beware. Oh, remember you know who my favorite what was? was your Ivan the name? Polish Power Putski, or Ivan the Polish? What was his name? Ivan Putski. I don't remember. The Polish him. Power Putski, I think. Yeah. Oh, I like he the Hulkster. Always, yeah. Yeah. Hulkamania ran your, wild in my house. What was your wrestling name, Graham? Leap and Lenny. Leap and Lenny? <laughs> Leap and Lenny Poffo was one of my favorites. <laughs> that was your name? He, he had hair like me. 
You had no. hair like Leaping Lanny? <laughs> Big mullet. What was your name, though? I don't know. Uh, our, my character? No, we picked characters. When we made the role-playing game, we picked characters. Oh, I thought you made up your own. No. No? No, Burgundy Big Dog was one of the ones I would have played with, right? Like, used Burgundy Big Dog. like Bulldog movie? Grab the beefcake Dunlop, of course, yeah, Brutus, obviously. because well, no, Brutus Beefcake was already there. Uh, uh, so, so have you watched uh, Stranger Things yet? No, I'm on Mr. Really? Ro Mr. Robot right yeah, now. Yeah, me too, but I left the robot for Stranger Things. Really? And it's hilarious because it, it, it's, it's like us as kids in the 80s. Really? Yeah, no playing way. Dungeons and Dragons downstairs. It was pretty funny. When Darren was just wee. Yeah. Wee laddie. He's on the potty still. Yeah, not playing fucking Dungeons and Dragons like a dork. Yeah, but we were fucking full belly to belly suplexes and yeah, shit, pile driving as, each other as well. <laughs> yeah, well, I got to do that still, but it wasn't as fun for me, mind you. We were—they were mostly just pretending to be like wrestlers. Yeah, we did pretty some pretty harsh stuff to each other, especially the younger brothers. They'd take a beating with pile drivers and suplexes. Yeah. We used to do a lot of pellet gun wars and stuff like that. We'd go fun. off in the bush with pellet guns and shoot the shit out of each other. Really? Yeah, we never did that. Oh, yeah, we would do that. We'd put on the full face, like, motorcycle helmets. And I shot my buddy in the yeah. face one time, like, right here. We were like, whoa. We were almost scared straight, but no. I remember dirt ball fights, too, and you'd find, like, that construction site with all, like, the dry Fire dirt. extinguishers. <laughs> oh, yeah, or those. Yeah. Yeah, we did fire, the, what do you call those ones, the Roman candles? Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. With, we'd have garbage can lids and Roman candles. Yeah. In BC, because you could get them across the border. Yeah, we easy. used to go down. Yeah. We used to go down and get to go to the res reservation and pick them up. Yeah. Put them in the back of the car underneath the... Yeah. We used to the throw mass. them across used Zero Avenue. Smuggle? Used yeah, to smuggle shit over the border? Yeah. Yeah. We're 16 just when we got our license. Uh, for those that are listening, Graham Dunlop, 403-222-5565. You could call him and ask smuggle. him about that. Yeah. There wasn't a lot. It was like, fuck, a couple hundred bucks worth, if that. I mean, it was really ridiculous amounts. But we're, you know, sell some fireworks. and On the border there, Zero Avenue is what they call it. We used to throw the garbage bags over the border no. and get back in our car and drive No around. way. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Holy fuck. Just fireworks as like stupid yeah. kids. Oh, wow. Yeah. And we'd get away with it. Could have been like... 50 kilos of cocaine for all they knew. Like, wow. yeah. We just lay them all flat in the back. Oh, yeah. Over, under, well, we like, didn't want to get caught. It, yeah. You couldn't get caught through them over the border back then. They didn't have any. Well, they never caught any us doing it anyway. No drones. Uh, no. Oh. Fuck, we're going to get arrested now for talking about this, dude. You better oh, edit this. No. Not a chance. <laughs> oh, no. Fuck you guys. <laughs> Once again, that's 403-555-2212 to get a hold of Graham. That was a different. If you want to call him in for some questions, <laughs> spam Graham. I got a couple spams. Yeah, right. yeah. Answers to our well, this weather modification stuff is really blowing up. Graham oh, is yeah. an all-in believer in chemtrails. Chemtrails. Do you remember we were talking about the the fake clouds? Right? Oh, I seen I seen a bunch of fake uh, cloud uh, debunk, videos. Debunking it? Did you hear? Did you see all the ones no, debunking I'm sure it? I did debunk it. There's a what five are they foot, saying? They're phonies. It's it's it? actually from uh, a lake in India that's frothing up with uh, like bad shit, like human feces and all this kind of stuff. Oh, it's it says straight it's up a pollution. Five foot high froth on Bengaluru's Key Lake. And, and then just, how are they getting play. it to float? It's, I guess it's frothing up so much, it's floating up into the air and then landing somewhere so else. So those are all from cloud. the same so, place. But I don't, I don't know if I buy it. Let me, here, I'll play a part of this clip here. It'll be pretty funny. How's the volume doing? 
Uh, Graham's got his own jingles now, everybody. It's not very loud. Turn it up. Sprouting out white rock, at least five feet high, like a washing machine that is. Were witness to a bizarre scene today. One of the largest lakes in the city sprouting out white rock, at least five feet high, like a washing machine that has had too much detergent. But the truth is darker. This is visible pollution, a scum that includes human waste floating in Varathur Lake. So it's a mix of detergent. Human urine and uh, fecal matter, right? It's oh. as uh, filthy as it gets. Wow, that's burgundy big though. <laughs> hey, did you sounds see like that, a shit uh, cane? Did you? Did you? Are you still playing this? Yeah. The officials of fire has reported oh. broken out in the lake thanks to the hazardous chemicals in the water. No action by the authorities. So there you have it. This is a monumentous. Environmental disaster at Lake Barther in Bangalore, India. So and they say that that's that where that cloud either. that it's we looked at yesterday came a from chain this of, froth. I think, seven lakes nearby. So that lake guy was putting Yamar his hand in like froth <laughs> from fire. It's like foam, like dish soap. Nothing yeah. is getting broken. Did you down. see someone dump some fucking dish? Shut, are you shutting that shit down? Are yeah. Are we done? Yeah. Did you see someone dump some dish soap or something yeah. in a water park downtown? It was all frothing over fucking Eighth Street. Oh, yeah? Yeah. They do that all the time by my place, too. They have a big waterfall thing. They froth the shit out of it all the time. Where's a good fountain? You need a huge fountain, and you go dump, like, fucking 20 There's one in Chesterman right here, isn't there? Don't Ooh. you have a fountain in Chesterman? Yeah. There you go. You know shit where you eat. So yeah. that's from uh, that's from a listener. <laughs> Obviously, Lee Lee sent it over to us, <clears throat> saying it's uh, solved the weird cloud. I mean, I'm not necessarily convinced that that's all the coming from. Solved. All the chemtrails are coming from India? Yeah, frothy. Uh, water. We knew it. No, not chemtrails, just fake clouds. There's a difference. Well, that's the same Those thing. Clouds claimed chemtrails and fake clouds. It's like uh, exactly what chemtrails are. So I got another one, and this is from uh, Brian, and he sent, uh, "Hey, oh, this is good. Hey, Graham and Doubting Darren, here's some useful information you enjoy reading or not. Just Google this: Environment and Climate Change Canada Acts and Regulations." Oddly, it's dated April 11th, 2016, or click on this link. So he gives me the link and it's, this is our Government of Canada website that speaks directly to weather modification and fortunately speaks to how seriously our government takes this subject. Read through the Weather Modification Information Act and have a look through the regulations link on that page as well. I am not, what does he say here? Um, I'm not surprised by what I've discovered, but I'm surprised at myself for not finding this sooner. Let me know what you think. I believe it may be time to interview a person in government to explain to us why this is being allowed, especially the environmental deployment of materials. Well, the hill's big oh, enough. Sorry. I'm, all, especially, I'm all for the hill suppression. Especially the experimental deployment Suppress of materials. Suppress that shit. Suppress yeah, that hill. You ever had a hailstone in your head before, yeah. man? Oh, come Nothing on. It, we're ta- he's talking about experimental. Ex- Hail kills. Experimental deployment of materials. Is it worth messing up the whole weather system of the world? Like you can't just just move away where there's no hail. Then we should evolve. <laughs> we should evolve. Pick we up should... a move, honey. It's gonna hail. Yeah, we're out. out of here. We can't move here anymore. It hails. <laughs> yeah. If you're that concerned about hitting in the head, or bring a helmet out, then put a helmet in your car. <laughs> but why? If we've got the power to stop there, because you're messing with everything, the How whole do you system. Know? 
How do you no, know? We're just ways. Did, you see, the, did you see the storms coming this year? Every night it rains. And how much hail did it's, your car no. get damaged? Didn't. It didn't. Thanks to see? the cloud seeders. Thank God for chemtrails. <laughs> <laughs> he continues. Why you got to be such a hater, Graham? <laughs> you guys are very. You guys are very good at what you do. My hat is off to you. I know it's tough to juggle a hobby, a hobby, or a personal, <laughs> or a personal passion for the firm. You're such a doubter. <laughs> oh, I can't even. I was gonna call, I was gonna call paranormal paranormal. Pheromone. Getting grandma fired up over here. This is fun. <sighs> this pheromones are firing. <laughs> firing. He says, "I know it's hard to juggle a hobby or a personal passion for the paranormal with family and work, etc." That said, your show is one I look forward to every week. Here's a chicken and egg question for you. What came first, climate change or the desire to modify the weather to benefit of industry, the military, or the meddling gods of corporate world finance? The answer is an easy one. Blame it on the sun. LOL, Brian. Blame it on the sun. Stupid sun. See, we need some anti-sun guests on here, like some sun debunkers. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean like, like flat the sun isn't like, real you know you're in the matrix it's just so uh, you guys want to you guys want to see that a little I bit think... you want to see what's going on here what are you putting what's uh, this i wonder if there is sun debunkers we should google that where did it go those where breatharians sun deniers the sun eaters that just well wanna... You know kind of like you, dear. You know what I'm finding I'm out? I'm solar powered. Yeah. You know what I'm finding out is that actually through this health and fitness podcast, that sun is actually better for you than people say, right? Like you should go out in every day and get it and you shouldn't wear sunglasses. You should get. Get those legs tanned up. Nice. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Shave your legs first so that the hair doesn't, blo- you know, block the sun. <clears throat> uh, the, the sunset. <laughs> Is at a different, uh, it's like Spectrum. the infrared, right? Yeah. It gets it's supposed in. to be good for you. Yeah. There's some kind of vitamin leaking is through. It fucked up here because of the mountains make the sun set early. Yeah, that's why we're all grouchy here. Mm-hmm. So Stup- why can't this grouchy Stupid right? mountains. We should get rid of the mountains. Stupid picturesque fucking horizon. Yeah. And we so, should cut down all that nice canola too now. Yeah, it looks like shit now. Full of GMOs anyway. So it's you want so to- shitty looking now. Canola is one of the number one GMO crops here. Did you know that? In Canada, yeah. Yeah. So, fuck canola. It's bad. Canola. Don't touch that shit. They're making a canola factory down at Lethbridge, I think. Or canola, what do they call it? The canola plant? refinery? Canola refinery, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. What is that what they would yeah, call it? So, or yeah. distillery? Yeah, something like that. So, anyways, so, do you want to hear about this fucking act here in Canada? Okay. The, yeah. weather, the Weather Modification Information Act? So, uh, you should see how angry Graham looks right now. Where do I sign? It says, uh, weather modification activity includes any action designed or intended to produce by physical or chemical means changes in the composition or dynamics of the atmosphere for the purpose of increasing, decreasing, or redistributing precipitation, decreasing or suppressing hail or lightning or dissipating fog or cloud. And this this is, this is like, this is fucking recent, man. Like this is, uh, Every person who carries out any weather modification act shall inform in such form and manner as may be described, maintain a daily record. And then within 15 days, they have to do all this record keeping. This is crazy. Like you have to fill out this, this record that talks about, uh, how many within 15 days of the end of the month where the activity is carried out, submit, uh, to administrator 
report of of exactly what you're doing basically and then where's i can't why can't i get to the next page it's all different <laughs> and then it also talks about having to record the last five the five similar type weather activities that you've done in canada or abroad like it's really getting into tell us how you're modifying the weather you should sign up for this and you got your own little log book what because I meditate on the cloud to break. Like, yeah. What do you if, think what there if you go. You meditate you the chemtrails away. I wonder if they'd send so you a you weather modification that? reporting logbook. Yeah. That'd what if be I pretty use... good to have for the studio. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> chemtrails <laughs> logbook <laughs> from the 60s. Yeah. yeah. Like, what if you use Reich's, Reich's method of, you know, like cloud busting through psychic. Uh, well, no, it, don't okay. tell them that. You're not going to yeah. get the kit if they, you tell them that's what you're doing. That's my yeah. modification method. Is, no. Tell them you're like a cloud seeder or something. Yeah. yeah. You got to play along, buddy. Don't say something ridiculous. You're undercover. Yeah. You're but, going in. We'll do like a no, video like, on Get out of here, hippie. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, that's interesting. Chasing I Like I say, I'm trails. getting all this hate. I'm not saying that they're not modifying the weather. I'm just saying I'm not impressed by it. Oh, are you getting people bugging you? Yeah. Oh. I'm not impressed by it. Go ahead, do it. They've been doing it for so long, it's not impressive. Anymore. I don't think they but should spray shit in the sky. That's not right. Yeah, that's what, Darren, Darren you're making Just light of this whole problem, right? You're accepting the fact that they're doing that under everybody's noses and nobody's accountable for it. Spraying shit in the air to modify the weather. What how, What is that doing to the whole climate system? And meanwhile, know. they've got 30,000 people over in France evil. trying to bust us for fucking releasing carbon into the air when they're fucking with the weather. It's a well, complete... Well, that's fucking... That's fucked up. Yeah, but the two aren't comparable. No, it's what? exactly the same. Because it's, not, it's shit different in the sky. people that are spraying shit in the sky. It's not the people in France that are spraying the shit in the sky. No, but they should be acknowledging that that's happening. Before they start putting in regulations and before they start taxing them, blaming are they, are the they public. Saying, but are they saying it's not happening? Well, they're just taxing they're everybody just, for it. They're just brushing it aside. Because. And they're saying it's there and they're labeling it under chem, chemtrails and it's not chemtrails, it's weather modification, right? Which may or may not include chemtrails. Things. Well, then we should tax Japan for all that nice Fukushima radiation they're sending us, eh? Let's That's two up. different things. And I think most weather modification is privatized. And, and it is it's all ran by the insurance inherent, worse, inherently not evil. So spraying chemicals in the air has some sort of effect. Do you do you ever get all that goop on your window? Like uh, every every day, like you wake up in the morning and the window's got crap on it. Uh, <laughs> no. Window of my car. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, no. Yeah. The, See, the maybe you're sweating too much in the car, man. It's just like. Too, that's too that fired up with the chemtrails. <laughs> oh, but, but what if, I mean, how do you the know what the effects sit. are of this, right? You think throwing barium and, and all this stuff in the... In it's to, probably just to, road dust. Even to get away from... Well, I don't know, it's no worse than brake dust. Yeah. Shit like that. So what about, how do you it's know gonna that? stop the fucking hail all from over smashing the place? What about the all your hairspray you went through and you had your nice big glorious <laughs> mullet? <laughs> I, I didn't like that. <laughs> Gel instead of Gel. Yeah. <laughs> moose. Oh, you went for the wet look? You seem like yeah. a moose guy. Did you go for the wet look? Yeah, Leaping Lenny Popo had wet hair. It was wet? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Nice and greasy. <laughs> <laughs> well, Graham is a chemtrails hater. Sorry about that, all you pro-chemtrail people. You're being serious, aren't you, too, Darren? Yeah. No, I'm with Graham. You can't spray shit in the sky. It's not good. 
We don't know how that's going to affect people later on down the road. It could be well, causing all this maybe, cancer. Maybe we shouldn't be driving cars either because that's probably not good for no, everyone either. Look, where, do you, it, where do you drive? Maybe we shouldn't be flying planes fucking That all goes yet. into the air. It's a true story. Yeah. You know? You got to pick your battles, I You're guess. You're fucking firing shit into the fucking atmosphere all over the fucking place. Yeah. So where do you draw the line? Chemtrails. Apparently you draw the line at fucking stopping hail and making rain. No, it's because... I don't because, draw the line there. I no, draw no, no, the no. Line, I draw the line after that someplace. It's because of the propaganda about climate change. If they're, if they're, it's because of the propaganda about climate change. Don't uh, ignore that whole aspect Those are two different it. things, though. No, they're not. Uh, you're, you're spraying you guys should wrestle. <laughs> no, really. Give them the camel clutch. It's not. It's all related, right? Don't don't blame us for global warming and climate change when that weather modification is happening. It's, it's I'm not blaming you for global warming. You aren't, but the fucking powers <laughs> that be are, right? They're going to start tra- charging us but carbon taxes. But the powers taxes. that be aren't the people fucking with the weather. Oh, right. You don't think? <laughs> <laughs> you guys should see how private, mad crap just got. private industry. It, it's both. Maybe there's some slight we- weaponization of it, but it's not rampant. I got another email for you here. <laughs> Is it a synchro? No, but I got a picture of Leaping Lenny Poffo on the back there if you want to see him. That's, that was That's what I... That's some glorious. Like. You're just about as beefy as two. <laughs> yeah, I'm just, working out. Yeah, just about, You eh? see the guy with the, with the perm? Right here, check him out. Did you oh, get yeah, the stash? That's, that's exactly who I thought it was, yeah. Did you have the nice stash too there? Yeah. The one line, yeah. like... Yeah. I should show him the picture of... Uh, I don't have it here, but... <coughs> Post it on Facebook. No, thanks. Come on. Instagram. I got to find something else for you guys here. The listeners are just going to demand this. I oh, want I'm fucking gonna, all I mean, you listeners to demand to see these pictures of Graham. I'm going to yep. fucking hear about that little They're going to be awesome. Rant. You wait. <laughs> you wait till I leave wait. the studio. He's going to beat you again. <laughs> emails next week about my idiocracy and... Chemtrail, yeah. fucking denialism. I'm not denying. Darren's you know what I am denying? I'm denying that they're fucking spraying shit in the air to slowly poison us on purpose. I agree. I agree with that. I don't. I don't necessarily think that that it's, oh, it's that. your love. You guys should have made a heart what with was your hands. That? What's this? It's not a high five. I can't reach you. Over this there. is grabs. Yeah, he's like uh, limp, limp wrist. <laughs> How about this? You guys should have made me, a heart. Let me, let me take it to the next level. I got this uh, massive Pacific moisture blocked from entering California daily. So the weathermen call it a ridiculously resilient high-pressure ridge, while others believe patented technology, including ionospheric heaters, frequency generation, and geoengineering aerosols, chemtrails, are creating the conditions letting the moisture reach the border but not enter the state. The jet stream is pushing the moisture straight towards California. There are newspaper publishing as early as 1912 to divert jet stream intentionally. To make it rain in California? Well, this this is stopping it. They're they're pushing it there and then stopping it at the border. So oh, they're having a water shortage and they're stopping it from raining. Yeah, why? Right. Yeah, because they're pushing it all up to Calgary and it rains every fucking night here all of a sudden for two months. Well, wow. we That's must pretty weird. we must have ordered that exactly so we can. Yeah, we, we're full. Ordered. We got enough. And the insurance companies needed more hail to. to... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so that would be malevolent then? They want to yeah. dry out? Yeah, they're letting droughts they happen. They want to do it on purpose. They're flooding areas. Look That's at all the exactly flooding. what I don't think Why don't you interview like a chemtrails, like an insurance company that actually wants to talk to you guys about like if they actually pay for these planes? They aren't talking to this fucking guy. He's too aggressive. <laughs> he's, too, he's too much a hater. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a hater. You guys know me. Hey, it's okay to hate chemtrails. 
It's a good I thing. A, I I have a picture of the. We need guys like you with the front, fire in your belly. The front page of the sun was fucking the chem that the hail pilots are flying over time. Oh yeah, yeah. Did you see the billboard that I sent? Yeah, is that real? It's real. Wow. Weather. I wars. went out there and here, stood beside it and took here, a picture of it for here, you. Here's another article: Weather Wars, eight twelve twenty sixteen historic flooding in Louisiana. Wake up. Historic flooding in Louisiana result of weaponized it's climate engineering. El Nino this year, man. It's supposed to rain. They knew it was coming. Yeah. It's a pattern. Yeah, let's, you know, when we start into weaponized our own people. Weaponized rain. Look weapon. out. Look out, motherfucker. Here comes rain. That's going to be, my, flooding, it's it's, gonna be it's my next just, bad yeah, name. It's flooding, man. Maybe Life's that's the easiest. Maybe they, it was hard. The hurricane. Maybe, maybe like there hasn't been one like, since. Guess what? The right? planet is. Because they stopped engineering hurricanes because they're too out of control. Or something. No, they the planet. Start now they're like, them. we can just create floods instead of hurricanes it's way easier to control and it's just as disastrous but maybe then we just live company. on a fucking planet that's pretty volatile sometimes and we forget that in our comfy little fucking houses and our comfy beds and our comfy cars and our comfy roads and our comfy cities and our comfy supermarkets What's sometimes it fucking storms and shit and sometimes it floods and shit because life's a bitch it's the outside's fault yeah, fucking outside. If we could only Mother just make nature. everything inside. We should put a bubble around the planet. Like the new Star Trek movie. Did you see that? That was pretty no. cool. I'm no, I'm a fanboy. I don't watch Star yeah, Trek. You still watch them, don't you? No. Oh, that was awesome. Star Wars are death. They had the, bubble, the bubble around the station? Yeah, I watched yeah, They had it created their own atmosphere on this massive space station. This is all real. They're just exposing all exactly. the secrets to us. The prime directive is real. Yeah. They're drip feeding They're it. just acclimatizing us to the idea that all this is real. Romulans are real. Yeah. You guys it's, are fucked. <laughs> it's not chemtrails. It's actually just, this, just the lines from the UFOs flying by so fast you can't see them. Just make white streaks real <laughs> Darren's out take his iPhone yeah, I'm out <laughs> how about a mini synchro a mini synchro yeah, I'll get uh, punished I'll get punished for this pretty quick this is just no 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 this is from me you don't have to play a jingle for it we'll ramble around synchronicity it's time for another installment I heard I heard today just today I heard two people talking about the tin man the tin man that's pretty weird eh I was one of them. Yeah. No, you weren't. That's three then. <laughs> wow. The guy with no heart. Who else? Never. It doesn't matter. That's good synchro, bro. <laughs> <laughs> three. Um, you know what? I, when, I was when I was was researching, was that the synchro? <laughs> no, I was okay. Just I, that happened, but it's not the synchro. Okay. The mini synchros, when I was researching my, uh, that book, Discover Your Purpose, I was trying to find my secret place and, and I was trying to go into my childhood, right? And like do this meditation and all that. And I was re reading that guy's book. I actually was listening to it on audio. So I called my mom and I was talking to her about our childhood and trying to get memories back. And we were just talking about things that I, you know, could remember. I could remember for like 10 minutes or whatever. I look in front of me and the license plate in front of me is the number, the phone number that I used to have when I was a teenager in Maple Ridge. I was like, mom, this, the number on there is this phone number. I just looked up and the license plate was a phone number I had as a kid. Hmm. You sure? What was the number? See, he questions, number? The, he questions the integrity <laughs> yeah, of the story. You can't well, question it when listeners the say it either. What was the number? What was the number? 6625. All right, I'll give you a five. That's pretty. And my mom's she's like. She's being hard on you today. She for didn't the remember it. And I was like, mom, 467-6625 was our own old number. 
5. Oh, sorry. That's his number there, NSA, if we need to get a hold of him. number. All right. I'll give you a 6.5. All right. Thanks, buddy. Not bad. Do you have more synchros? No. Uh, I wanted to hear rambling, Graham. No, I want to ask James, but James is here. I wanted to talk to James about stuff. James? Well, what about my fortune cookies that you didn't like? Yeah, no, he we're not reopening up that can of worms. <laughs> I've, tell, man. They were, You'll they never were, get two fortune cookies, the exact episode, same fortune, which episode is the fortune, after you say, let's synchronize the cookies exactly. and open them and they're exactly the same. Exactly. What are the chances of that? One in a billion. Exactly. I question legitimacy. It's a solid 10. <laughs> I, I'm never going to no, let I it down. I think it's, no, no. Remember we got that box? Yeah, and they not one of the them same. was the same. I bought like 5,000 fortune cookies and not one of them was the same. Yeah, We bought a box. They were all the same. Yeah. Now, you got you to find different suppliers then. You got to figure then out. Then for sure they're going to be different. No, you got to find out who that company was getting their fortune cookies from and buy a box and see those are probably cheaping out they're probably just running off like five do they, do they have to, oh do now you're real, now you're I narrowing find, it down to the company that actually made the fortune cookies. do they have to mix, run the they mix old batches together and is that how you get the same one because if you buy a box they're all there shouldn't be any of the same ones in that box no one in five thousand no 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 right i ran and then, the and then that batch has to match with the other batch no, i ran the numbers to. i ran the numbers it wasn't that crazy I'm, I'm sticking with my original Yeah, but you score. said one in 300 skydiving too, and that's wrong. No, so your number in, source is No, no, is it's one in 333. Flaws. No. For that's what? Great. Parachute. If fails. you ever want to fire up no, air and you just not one start in 300. People wouldn't do stats. it if it was one in 300. If you well, had a point three. Each shoots one in 300. No, is it? Even he said his fucking reserve shoots a regular thing. It just happens. One in 300. Yeah. The chances of them both failing is one in 333,000. Or sorry, oh, the chances. Three, so it's one oh, in 300. Better. It's 333. Per parachute, so the, the odds of them both filling you multiply them by each other. So it's three hundred thirty-three times three hundred thirty-three, which is around one hundred ten thousand that both fail. Huh. But that's not you can't. Someone plunged to their death the other day. Actually, see now that we've talked about it on the show, people tweet me every time someone dies. <laughs> <laughs> skydiving or base jumping? Skydiving. Oh, that was what base kind of skydiving? I didn't look at it because you got to narrow it down by like oh yeah you know, know. different I'm types of skydives. Like what? Why? Why? Well, because the guys that die skydiving are the ones that are usually like doing stunts and stuff like, like that. That's why they die. Like, like they're f- swooping in their parachute super fast, like and they're going a hundred kilometers an hour down the across the ground, and you screw that up. Oh, and those types you hit of, the yeah, ground, yeah, 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 or yeah. or the guys fly their parachutes together in the air, and they like touch them and stack them up in like big diamond shapes yeah, and stuff, yeah, and yeah. you know those guys can die doing that. And, right, because they get all tangled up and stuff like that. Yeah, but just one guy jumping out of a plane with nice new gear on by himself, your chances of dying yeah, that's are a good point. Pfft. Actually, yeah, that probably takes it way to another. That's level. a different. That's a really so good point. So he's going on a statistic that, that included everybody. Exactly, which isn't right. This, this is right. no. This it's is, not about double shoot failure. No, no, no but I'm no, talking right. straight up failure, straight up uh, parachute malfunction. And this is right on dropzone.com. Double malfunction. Yeah, it says right here. We often see warnings, blah, 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 blah. For example, says one out of every 20,000 to 70,000 jumps results in death, blah, blah, blah. Further, they expect parachutes to malfunction one in every 333 activations. So I could have logged into that site right now and wrote that. Yeah, you That's could've. what this is. Yeah. So it's just like reading anything. No, There's no, so many guys I, no, on there no, that I spout through, bullshit. No, no, I went I know that site a, very I went well. through it a bunch of times. I've, I've, yeah. I've reiterated this a few times. I've gone through it. Uh, one in 300. You know, having your reserve to use your reserve—that's probably that's probably fair. It's not right? grossly incorrect. Never. 
that's like two thousand jumps. No, you have? no like how many, a, oh. in combined jumping between base and skydiving, it's like almost well, a thousand. base. There's oh, no yeah, reserving. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, sorry. You're... It's a good thing I did it good then. <laughs> but <laughs> even when we were at the drop zone, someone used a reserve just then. Yeah, but he was because yeah. it wasn't the shoot's fault. He couldn't no, reach it because his arm was. Yeah. Yeah, he had a. He had a. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He had a new parachute and he couldn't reach back to pull on it. It's pretty funny. Actually. Can you get him left handed? Because my, my left shoulder is a bit bunk, right? So can I get it right? You can, can you can get him switched over. Yeah. Because yeah. I could use a right hand better than my left. Same with Darren. No, you do pull it with your right hand. Oh, okay. You're good. You're ready to go. You guys, you still need to come though. I know. That's the first part of this showing up. First, you need to put a fucking balloon in orbit to prove the Earth is round. Yeah, yeah we're going to get rid of the flat Earth theory. America well show is going fucking, to debunk the flat Earth theory. Might as well just pile up all the hate mail into one episode. Yeah. You're going you're gonna to put a Moai with three GoPros. GoPros. We're going to get a balloon and send it up into space and show you that it's round. <laughs> Sorry, guys. It's not just a disc shape? Like, it's not like a coin, or it's, it's not once, flat. Once you save up a thousand bucks. Somebody would have fallen off the edge right now, or found it, or posted it on Facebook, for sure, if it was flat. How much is that going to cost? Like, what do they have, like a border with a big fence around it, and be like, hey, you guys, you can't come over here. And they just all of a sudden get shot, and they go missing, and James like, is don't let the secret out it. that it's flat. How much is it going to cost? A thousand bucks? 1300 bucks. 1300 bucks? To learn how to skydive. No, 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 no. We're what? talking about the balloon. Oh, the balloon. <laughs> thousand bucks. Yeah. Thousand bucks? Yeah. So if we get enough donations at some point, we'll prove, we'll do that. We'll put it on YouTube and everything, our channel. Here's a GoPro. Is uh, that or we'll Moai. lose a bunch of GoPros? No, well, they're my GoPros. We're not going to lose them. <laughs> It'll come back down. It'll go up to yeah. like, what, 15 miles, 15 kilometers? You no. can get it up there pretty high, yeah, like 22 kilometers or 22 something, kilometers, I think. 22 kilometers and then 25. Pop, and, then, and then how do you track it coming down? Like, what's it's not got gonna a GPS tractor on, tracker on it. So you tractor, go find it afterwards? <laughs> it's a big tractor. <laughs> so you go, <laughs> you go find it afterwards then? Yeah. Okay. We'll find it in the field where the crop circles are and uh-huh. I'll do double whammy with a GoPro. What if won't it land on the other side of the world? No. <laughs> this is this fake thing called gravity. Let's so get all the anti-gravity guys in on this one too. Well, yeah, but won't the Earth? The balloon didn't come back down. It's falling through electromagnetism. The Earth will have spun a little bit. Right. So but you falls down way there's away. relative winds and all this. Like there's some science. We're not just going to let it go. <laughs> we got to science some shit. You're going to love it. Anyway, the whole stratosphere is spinning with this. Yeah. But there's so, relative winds, and you launch it, and it basically comes down fairly close to where you launched it. Yeah, yeah but, right. but, but that's because it's flat. That's because it's flat. That's because the earth's flat and not so, moving. That's why, He's yeah. just fucking walking through fucking canola fields trying to get these fucking <laughs> Well, you're going to do that. So doesn't it damage the With GoPro? With that board while we make the circle. Doesn't it damage the GoPro, though, and if they're falling at... No, it's got a parachute. The GoPros do? How does yeah, the parachute know like, to open? It... They, the balloon goes up, and I think it either releases or it deflates, it? and then a parachute pops out, and then the thing. Really? Yeah, but there's a one in three hundred and thirty-three chance that it might not work. That's right. Those GoPros are pretty. Those GoPros are pretty sturdy. Yeah, my buddy lost one from twelve thousand feet, and we found it in a field, and I just cleaned it up, and we got it working again. No way. Yeah, yeah, how and it's you, not getting going any quicker. He, At twelve thousand feet, I think a GoPro gets going about as quick as it's gonna get going. It would kill you though if it hit you. Yeah, I oh, know, but I mean, if it falls, whether it falls from twelve thousand or a hundred thousand, I don't think it's. Oh, it's up reached its, its maximum it's velocity. velocity. Yeah. What's the little? What's well, it's the... Ma- it's it's maximum velocity. So it's how it's falling, and it's actually like not 
you know, as aerodynamic as something else could be like if you, or well, whatever, if you shot a bullet straight down, it's going to go a lot faster than that. Yeah. No. So what what when when we did the tandem jump there was a little tiny uh like a flippy parachute sort of it wasn't like it's a open droke. but it's a droke it drogue a drogue keep you stable yeah just and slow you down keeps and slow you down just enough to because you're going too bit, fast right? with two guys yeah really? blow up the parachutes if you get going too fast boom especially yeah. you no Mr. he's not borderline. so husky anymore he's borderline grounds borderline yeah. we checked the, we checked that other website we were just looking for fun and he was like. If you're under this height, you shouldn't weigh more than this. And Graham was shorter and heavier. Nah, he knew a guy. Snuck yeah, him in. That's all right. He's he's getting pretty aerodynamic now. Oh, yeah, man. he is. He's trimming up. Trimming up. All he's the, looking younger. Yeah. Seems happier lately. Yeah. All the husky talks. Really. Yeah. Must be those chemtrails kicking in. Yeah. Must be, yeah. Yeah. It's on a weight loss plan. Thank, <laughs> should thank you, reptilian overlords. Yeah. So what happened to this base jumper recently then? Uh, which one? There's like they, been like 12. So what happened in, in that instance, like he's, uh, he's not doing it right. Or he's, he's, cause you can m make a mistake right when you jump. Right. Yeah. Like if you're, that's what happens lots, you know, guys will slip. You can't or, get your control. Yeah. Cause you have to have control when you pull it right. Or you just yeah. fucking pull it and. Ace is dangerous. It's not, I don't advise it. You know, you really got to be on top of your game. You have to be a hundred percent every yeah. jump. How many times have you base jumped? So you've base jumped a couple hundred times or a hundred and fifty. 150, 150 yeah. and then you've parachuted like 700 times. Or yeah. Almost 800 now. Yeah. yeah. Couple jumps, not a lot though. That's nothing compared to a lot of guys. Lots of guys have like five thousand. Right? Yeah, yeah. But what? How many times do you go? Out, like, do you go out in your wingsuit still at yeah. all? Or yeah, I was just out on the weekend cranking jumps. You did? Yeah, what'd you yeah. do? I did a bunch of free flying. I didn't do any wingsuit this weekend. But. So when you said that the guys are doing stunts and it's a little bit risk, more risky, would you consider the free flying stunts? Well, anytime you're with a group of people, your your risk is going up because you can get kicked in the head, and that'll kill you. So. You know, the more people you jump with, then your risk is going up. So, you know, Darren can have a heyday with all the stats. He could like, you know, if I'm jumping yeah, with 10 yeah. people versus if I'm jumping with 20 yeah. people, your chances of having or if a you're collision with a dummy. Yeah. Right. And yeah, experience level matters. And then also, so you got 20 guys in the sky and nobody gets kicked in the head. Well, now you got 20 parachutes in the sky and everybody's driving their parachute and might not see you crash into each other that way. Really? Eh? Yeah. Which is crazy. Like how fat, like yeah. how that was the, the most astounding part to me was when the parachute was open. And you just go how whipping right How crazy that is. How well, they gave you a bit of a feels. ride though. Like, no, I know. Yeah. But I mean, yeah. that was way more intense than I ever thought it would be. Look, yeah. When you look up in the sky and you see them just floating around, you're like, oh, that's nice. A parachute. Mm -hmm. When you're in the parachute, holy shit. Yeah. It's fucking crazy. And they're giving you a bit of a ride because, you know, you had some friends there and they're probably just... You know, giving you a little more of a buzz. You wouldn't want to do that with like an old lady or something. She You'd almost scared. Oh yeah. Well, she almost made me puke. Yeah. Or yeah. I thought I used to have a good con constitution. I could do any roller coaster. I could do yeah. anything. But I was pretty sick after that. You build up a tolerance to parachutes. A little too, low though. center of gravity doesn't help you oh, out there. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's built like a wrestler. <laughs> Grab the beefcake down the British bulldog. Yeah. You got anything else? Uh, well, we're still talking about oh. the parachuting and stuff. So you guys so, are going to come there for real this year. Or? So when you or do, when you do, like when you decide to do like a, uh, a wingsuit jump, yeah. is that what you call it? A wingsuit yeah. jump. So do you, are you able to just ask the pilot to just keep going on and then you f jump out from further away and fly to the destination? Yeah, you? that happens lots. Is that what you'd like yeah. to do? Do, oh, you yeah. like to, do you like to get as much like. What do you call it? Drift as possible? Well, you don't want to get going too far away or you won't make it back. 
So you calculate, you know, how far you can go in the plane still and then jump out and race back home. It's a fun way to do it. And the pilot, a lot of guys will the pilot do that automatically? Like if you just say, yeah. okay, I'm doing a wingsuit jump, then he keeps going for yeah, those go people? Little, like yep. It's probably that. How far separate. can you go in that suit? A mile? Uh, yeah, miles? Well, like three. Three? Yeah. yeah, so I mean a plane's doing that fairly quick. Is that from 12,000 feet? Yeah. From 12,000 like, feet you can fly a 3K? Like, that's pretty good. Uh, cool. Yeah, there's different size wingsuits, the bigger ones for sure. Right, Yeah. right. What do you have? Like it's a more like in 30 seconds, though, because you're not the fucking parachute part doesn't count, right? So you're flying 3k in like fucking a kilometer a second, like yeah. You can get them going like two to one or three to one, I believe. Yeah, ratio for forward speed to, to um, fall. yeah, yeah, the fall rate three forward. Yeah, three to three one, one, I believe. Yeah, yeah. that's huh. a pretty good. Story. On the real big suits, I think they've got. Up that high. I mean, don't quote me, but yeah, like it's yeah. getting close like that. Yeah, they must be getting better. Like. Yeah. I don't know. I don't, you know, I'm not like really <laughs> huge into the wingsuits. I kind of just throw them on like a couple times a year and, well, like maybe 40 times or so I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> I say a couple times and then I realize it's about 40, but. So what, why not? What, what, that seems to me like it'd be one of the most funnest parts about it. It can be when there's like really cool clouds and stuff like that, because then what you do is you proxy fly them. So you jump through the cloud and it's got little gaps and holes and you fly like through the little gaps, kind of like pod racing, you know? Yeah. And that's what makes it fun is doing that. But if it's like a perfectly clear day, then the wingsuit's kind of boring. Really? Yeah. You're just like yeah, up you're there. Just, you're you can't like, tell. You're flying, but you probably can't really tell. You have no relative you know, right, right. visuals, right? You yeah. need like a nice cloud right beside you and then you're flying through it and you, then you realize how fast you're going right. and how fast you're falling still and stuff, right? Yeah, like, oh, okay, that's mm -hmm. interesting. Hmm. Or sometimes or when it's... Trails just, just or, yeah, yeah, you yeah. could do I some chemtrail samples. that fucking jumps, goes down the mountain, man. It's fucking crazy. Yeah, that's the He's like, beast jumpers. Down the fucking, going down the fucking mountain, like, oh, just fucking following that curvature the whole way down. It's crazy. Yeah. That's the most dangerous sport in the world. Oh, do you, yeah. Do you get a like sense? You do you get a ground? sense? Yeah. Like, obviously. Well, definitely up there anyway. If it's not the most dangerous, it's probably like top three. <laughs> flying through fucking mountaintops. Yeah. Wingsuit proximity. Because you fly. got, yeah. Because yeah, you got it. Called. Yeah, right. Lots of guys are dying this year from that, unfortunately. Really? Yeah, like it's been really bad this year. Like they've had like twelve deaths or something in the past. Well, like, it's month. fucking crazy. Like, yeah. Well, it's a thing. Like these guys every are. Every time just... you do it, it's a fucking coin toss. I well, don't care because... how good you are at it. That's fucking crazy. Well, there's uh, there's variables out there that we still don't know about. Like wind. That's exactly the mountains, yeah. how it's reacting with the fucking landscape. Mm -hmm. And you're a human. You make mistakes. You can slip, or you're you going can five hundred. You know, yeah. two hundred miles an hour through. Yeah. It I forgot sucks, that one you know, video was called on YouTube. It was like Crash in the Void or something like that. There was one I watched that it's just like, Buddy's got one on his head. It's just like, just he's, he's probably only, it seems like he's only 100 or 200 feet off the ground. The no, they're time. literally like three, four feet off the ground at some really? point. It's like, right. It's crazy. Yeah. Now, they, they, sometimes they actually, you know, hit the ground a tiny little bit and still keep going like with their feet or, yeah, like skip it. And then almost, you'd almost die, you know? Oh, yeah, you hit the ground, you're done. Oh, yeah, you're super dead. Tumbleweeding down the hill. You wouldn't feel a thing. <laughs> yeah. It's not so, good. So, so don't how, do that. How long was our free fall then when we did it? About 40 seconds. That, that, that much, eh? Of just free fall, yeah, maybe yeah. almost 50, actually. Yeah, and then another minute on the way down? You were probably three minutes, four minutes on oh, the Really? Camp. Yeah, maybe more. Wow. Wow. How long was the free fall? 40 seconds, 30 seconds. So when you do yeah, a wingsuit one from three kilometers away or whatever? You fly for like three minutes. Three, okay up there and then pull your parachute and then be under your parachute up. So that extends it quite a bit, right? Yeah, it makes them nice there. and long for sure. Yeah. 
You know, that's the best part about it. Is you're just it's flying. It's a little more memorable as far as like mm-hmm. time, time goes. Hmm. Yeah. It's totally like flying. Like it's a really cool feeling to have that wingsuit on. And I totally understand why these base jumpers want to do that and fly down the mountain and see the trees <laughs> and the rocks going by. Cause you get that like that sense of flying and the speed and like just, it's just the rush that you can't like duplicate. Yeah. yeah. But you know, you're risking your life doing it. So sign up for. So what, when, when are we going to get a next level of technology for the suits? Like how cool Anti-gravity. No, but. Really. <laughs> That's it. Then, no. what's, then skydiving's dead. What about, so it can't get lighter, stronger, Oh, bigger, they'll make the like, suits fly. Like they'll, they're probably just going to keep making the suits huge until they reach a point where you can't even barely wear the thing because it's so big, but it'll get lighter and easier to fly. And they'll just techno, you know, the, they'll just science how the, the. Uh, the wingsuit now, flies because yeah. they want it to be as, as close to a, as a bird or a plane as possible. Right. Drag all that stuff. Keep it safe. Yeah. You know, really where the next level of base jumping with the wingsuit stuff on is it, like the next level should be where they can make the parachute safer, you know, have a reserve that actually works still or some sort of system that can save you from malfunctions. That's the next like two, two, why wouldn't they have two parachutes on there? Like what if you're, some guys have them, but they? they're wearing like modified skydive rigs. Right. But realistically, when you're three feet off the ground, there's no reserve saving you anyway, if you're crashing into a tree or a rock. Yeah. And that's what those guys are doing, right? They're flying super low to the ground. You know, obviously the hills on an angle. So it looks like it's flat when you see some videos and you can get confused by what they're actually doing, but they're actually f- you know, flying down they're a mountain. Falling, they're falling. Falling very fast. Yeah. They're falling away from the mountain just enough that they don't crash yeah. into it. Yeah. Just grinding. It's a lot it. like orbit. Yep. Around so, the round earth. So, so, uh, when, when are we going to see some good VR video games, uh, like, or VR experiences from these guys is like, uh, GoPros. Or is it already happening? Like, you oh, think I don't know. That, I mean, probably in Japan, be... they got everything there, man. Fake skydiving, fake sex. <laughs> do, you, do you try that, uh, the wind tunnel? Things? Yeah. Have oh, that's, that? that's pretty fun. Yeah. Is it, is it good practice or is it not, yeah. uh, is it not relative at all? Everybody likes it. Like that does, that's a skydiver, you know? I mean, nobody likes how much it costs. It's a thousand bucks an hour to go to Seattle into their wind tunnel. What about Vegas as an Oswin? It's probably more expensive. Oh, they're all probably around a thousand bucks an hour. American. So is that to just you split it with a bunch tunnel? of guys? You split yeah. it with a bunch of guys then? Or? Well, I, when you're first learning, you can't share the tunnel with anybody. So you have to have an instructor and teaching you how to like to not crash into the walls. Isn't and, it come intuitive though? I mean, well, I yeah, after a bunch coming. of skydives, it's probably easier to learn in the tunnel. But when you're brand new and you go in there. But wouldn't that all become, wouldn't that all come intuitive? Like how many times have you flown in your dream and all that? Like, it seems to me like I could go in a tunnel and I'd just be okay. You'll find out. (laughs) He's got all these dreams. He's he's getting ready. He's prepared. Hey, you can do, you can practice for Olympic events in your lucid dreams. No. It helps. It's all the same. Your brain doesn't know any different. Your brain doesn't know any different. Hey. Send your co-host application. (laughs) (laughs) Crap's flying away. Flying off the handle today, buddy. (laughs) <laughs> Unfucking believable. No, wait till you do a sky. <laughs> In my dream, it's easy. <laughs> Did you, you know, know what I mean? You can feel the wind. You can feel yourself like it's adjusting just... yourself. You can, you know. No man, not, it's not even close. That, that could even be coming from past life experience as a bird or as like as somebody that's Must done be. that. He's like, not from can't. skydiving. <laughs> but isn't that going to be an intuitive thing to learn how to fly in the air? Like no that? man. 
It's absolutely like it's, the opposite. Like, no. You jump out of the plane and you're a human. You're like, what the fuck am I doing up here? I'm not supposed to be falling right now. And you're just rolling down the windows or falling like a cat. You know, your arms are going left and right and probably spinning around a little bit and stuff. Seriously, when you learn how to skydive, it's exactly what's going to happen yeah, to you the first yeah. couple. No, I can see that. I guess. Yeah. yeah. They have to hang on to you. They literally got two guys hanging on to you so that you don't go out of control. When I went, when I was going to go in like the the early two thousands, I think it was. It was only like fifteen years ago. There was it was like a crash course. You train for like an hour or two, and you're out on your own, and you jump on your own. Right, but you're not free Crazy. falling though. They're pulling your parachute for you. Yes, you're jumping. Out. Yeah. yeah, that's so you're that's just getting a lesson in basically flying a parachute. That yeah, day. and jumping out of the plane. That was yeah, crazy. like getting out of the plane and hanging off the strut, which is pretty cool. Yeah, you know, you're hanging off the wing of a yeah. flying airplane. That's yeah. pretty awesome. It's yeah. fun. Yeah, yeah. So I highly suggest everybody try skydiving. Is that one of your once. favorite parts? Is hanging off the plane video like you did with Darren? It's pretty fun. Darren, yeah, just hanging off the plane, waiting for him, and then yeah. just jumping off at the right time. Yeah. Because you get really cool footage of like when you let go of the plane, and then yeah. you know yeah. how Darren was falling out, like the pictures yeah. I posted or whatever, right? Yeah. And you see his face and his eyes are just so big. <laughs> yeah. Woo. <laughs> Woo. <laughs> did, do you have that one queued I, up? I was just going to look for it, but I'm not going to do oh. it. Oh, look at all these guys ready off. Oh, wow. That Darren's playing base jumping videos online. But yeah, everybody can try skydive. I think if, if you ever had a dream of flying or whatever, you should totally <laughs> just get out there and do it. Don't do that shit, though. No, that's not good for your health. Look how close they are to each other, too. Yep. No, that one's not good. There you go, Graham. That's flying. It's natural, yeah. buddy. See how easy it looks? Yeah, look how easy that <laughs> shit is. Away you go. Well, I'll run, I'll, make yeah. sure you have a GoPro. I'll go find it. You can it. learn it I'll on YouTube. F- Just no, YouTube not, a bunch yeah, of I'm not saying I'll, I'll, go find, I'll go find the GoPro in the wreckage. I'm not saying bait right beside our Right beside our chicken we sent into space, our moai. I'm not saying like the the wingsuits are like that. I mean, just free flying itself, like you do. No, and it's not natural, no? especially for guys. Girls are better at learning skydiving than guys. Wow, because they're bendier. Like they and just are. They're more aware of their bodies. Too, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, as men, when we get out of the plane, we're fighting it. Like you know, wow. yeah, guys are crappy skydivers learning most of the time. You know, obviously, they're you know, you're gonna find guys that are naturals, but most of the time, yeah. Oh, Graham, this Graham's <laughs> gonna be a natural. <laughs> Grabs a natural all right. everything. Well, I can't way. wait to film all this and we'll post play by play for all the listeners out there. Yeah, look at that. Look fun, at that yeah. shit. Graham's progression. Yeah. 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 We'll have him in a wingsuit by next year. Yeah. Jumping off the mountain. Mount yeah. kid. Go to Norway Jesus again. Jesus Christ. Does that make you want to jump right now watching these videos? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nah, that's too much. No? You should watch skydiving videos then. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Well,. I think we should wrap it up probably. I guess so, eh? what else? Jeez, what else do we got to talk about? That's about it, I think. Yeah. It's nice to have somebody Su- else in yeah. the studio. Support yeah, it's fun. Show. Thanks for having me. Support the show. Go to slash support. Help yeah. us stay ad free, bullshit free. Sign up for a monthly. What, anything from a buck to 30 bucks a month. Yeah, it all helps. Just start at a buck. Big you, time. Yeah, entry level's a buck. Get up to, you know, $5 a buck a month what? is the most popular. <laughs> Five, Five bucks. <laughs> Five bucks a month is the most popular one. That's about a buck a show. Yeah. Why do you keep saying buck? I don't know. It's a buck. dollar. Dollar for. A dollarette. And this is. Is a buck a buck in the States? Yeah. I think so. Mm. And probably Australia too and New Zealand and anywhere that's Egyptian dollars are probably bucks. Think so? No, I don't know. (laughs) 
also art. Uh, art uh, Nap is is handling our episode art, weekly episode art. Check That's it right. out. We'll put it on Instagram and put it on our podcast. And yeah, and the show, all that shit's in the show notes. All the links to how to submit art to the show, um, submit art for back episodes, support the show, sign up for the newsletter, tell your friends about the show. Send your stories to Graham. Send your shit to Graham, your stories, your lucid dreams, your synchros. What else? T-shirt, T-shirts. Oh, yeah, T-shirts. t-shirts. There's a few T-shirts there. Yeah. Help us get rid of the rest of these T-shirts. And I got a, a huskular pic of a T-shirt on Instagram for you. Yeah, there you go. I see. You it. should make some huscular T-shirts. That look like you're stabbing yourself with your selfie stick. <laughs> yeah, probably. At the rave. That wasn't a rave. Do you, do, you, do you jump with selfie sticks? Yeah, you do. Yeah. yeah. Is that how Buddy lost his GoPro? Or no, but you can. Yeah, you can get him just knocked off your head pretty easy. Huh? Really? Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. So you get you can jump and you can. Do the it. selfie stick's fun to fly with, but it kind of like wants to take off on yeah. you sometimes. Like yeah. it's pretty hard to hang on to. Yeah. You're flying like 250 kilometers an hour to the ground. Like. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Let's try hanging on to something. Yeah. <laughs> You'll see. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well. Try hanging on to something. Yep. Try hanging on to some info from the interview with Ralph. Yeah, enjoy this one. This was great. Ralph Anthony. Yeah, it was fun. Castaldo. Yep, we could have him on again. He we we just barely scratched the surface of his experience and knowledge and stuff. That's right. Thanks, James. Thanks, guys. Stay husky. Enjoy the chat. We've got Ralph Anthony Castaldo, otherwise known as Ra, with us. He's a poet, he's an artist, a songwriter, a martial artist, and he's a mystic. He's actually a, a hereditary strega, which is like a, basically like an Italian, kind of Italian witchcraft. And going back, I guess his family lineage goes back hundreds, if not thousands of years. Can't wait to talk to him about all this. But he's also had a bunch of experiences as well that we want to chat about. And uh, I think he's starting up his own podcast or radio show, so we'll have to get into that as well. So uh, welcome to the show, Ra. Thanks. Nice to meet you, Graham. Yeah. And Darren. Yeah, How's it going? Nice to meet you too. Good. It's cool because we, we, uh, we had scheduled this like um, a couple months ago, and just in the last few weeks, the last two weeks, this, this new radio show popped up for me too. So it, and it starts this Friday, so it ended up being perfect for me to you know, tell everybody about it as well. Good. You can get a little practice on, in Grammarica then. That's great. Yeah, it's uh, it's going to be on the the Power X Radio Network too on okay. Fridays at eight. Power X Radio Network. Okay, I'm going to put a link yep. to the, link to that in the show notes as well for everybody. Well, yeah, it's it's called Spiral Radio. You know, like come with me as we go further down the spiral. Nice. <laughs> Fridays at eight. So, so that's is that your own show then? Yes, yeah, my own show. So, what are you gonna what are you gonna focus on on, on your show? 
everything, mysticism, conspiracies, UFOs, aliens, you know, paranormal, the whole mystery of the galaxies and Earth and, you know, the true world history. Right. Yeah. And uh, yeah, for my for my first, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Nope. For my first guest, too, I got a hereditary Strega. She's uh, she's in her 70s now, Lori Bruno. She's uh, from Salem, Massachusetts. She's a psychic. She owns her own, own store in Salem as well. Of course, she's from Salem, right? Yeah, she has a <laughs> store called Magica over there. Nice. That's where they burn the witches. Where the witch trials yeah. were. That's right. And, you know, the best thing about her, too? Well, not the best thing, but a great thing about her is her... Uh, her relative is Giordano Bruno, who was burned at the stake for, you know, saying that there was other life out there. No way. Wow. And he was burned at the stake, I think, in 1600, something like that. That's yeah, her ancient yeah. relative. Yeah, right after uh, Copernicus and Galileo there. Yep. I think right exactly. after Galileo, or, or he, I think he was te- uh, learning with Galileo, I think. I think I think Bruno was around 1600, <laughs> so I'm not sure. About Galileo oh, was around was, there. Oh, maybe it was a different time. Well, hmm. It might have been a different time. I'm not sure about Galileo, but I know Bruno was around 1600 for sure. Yeah, man, it sounds like the same stuff we chat about here, and inevitably those are some of the areas where it goes. Like when we have these open conversations and have interesting people on, like there's a whole overlap with, like you said, like true history, ancient mystery, and and all these sort of esoteric things that all kind of, you can't, can't help but talk about them. Yeah, in the, the last few months, man, I've been researching about, you know, the, from the Book of Enoch and the Apocrypha and, and about the, you know, the Nephilim and how they created the race of giants. I've been on that for like two months, three months straight, just getting deep in it. I, I, I've talked to Native American elders here in New York. Uh, I think there's been the fourth, this was the 14th annual year where they did a, a whole Native American festival here in Anthony Wayne near Bear Mountain. And I talked to, got to talk to some of the elders and they have some of the same myths about these giants that were just bloodthirsty. Some of them had like double rolled teeth and red hair and they would snatch women from the tribe and run to the mountains. Crazy stuff. The weird, the weird thing is we're getting all this other information that's kind of giving some credibility to that. Like there's red, they're finding out that there's the red hair is now, you know, there was some of the ancient leaders. Like I think one of the uh, Ramses had red hair and there's all this, this stuff coming out about yeah. About uh, different genetic lines and stuff. Gingers are born leaders. No, I didn't say they're born leaders. They just ended up like, (laughs) like some people would say maybe that the red-haired giants, like gingers, are from that lineage or something. You know, is ginger derogatory? I guess it could be. I mean, this is like calling a Indian red, maybe. I don't know. (laughs) I'm an Indian. We're an Indian. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Native American. I prefer Canindian. <laughs> I heard you say that word today, actually. Darren. Who were you talking to about that? Canindian? Um, Canindian, yeah. I forget who it was. Someone said something. Oh, who the fuck was it? Someone started con- Sebastian. <laughs> I walk in the, I walked in there and I was getting a glass of water. He's like, wow, man. He's like, you got a really nice tan, man. <laughs> and I'm like... I'm a fucking Indian, you idiot. <laughs> and, I'm like, and he just looks like a deer in the headlight. And I'm like, actually, sorry, I mean, I guess I mean native Canadian. And I was like, actually, I like Canadian. And then finally he started laughing. But for a second, every time I act appalled, 
<laughs> about some fucking slur like that, people just they get the, yeah. yeah. I did it to an Alice Dong yeah, before too. Stonewall. I, I could tell about you. You have one of those faces where you can make people laugh at when you're when you look at them with certain glances and stuff. Yeah, yeah. He's got a. He can get a pretty freaky look on. Right. Yeah. I could tell. <laughs> we got a little sea bass today. Good. It was funny. So so talk to us more about this um this uh this new your first guest that you're gonna have on. And she's yeah. she's um Strega as well, right? So this goes back a couple thousand years then? Yeah, uh for for, for sure in my family I've traced it back until the thirteen hundreds. But it goes way back before that. But I couldn't find anything but like before that. Yeah, but I know for sure it has gone way before that. But I know for, for sure from my lineage, I know from paperwork and stuff up into the 1300s, I could definitely track that. But it goes back thousands of years. I mean, it goes all the way back, you know, before before Christ, yeah. way before. Yeah. I mean, even uh, from they were from Samaria, the, the three wise men, you know, they were the, the Magi. I mean, that's from magic. You know, they, they were, it, it comes back way from them, you know, from ancient Egypt as well. So the area that your family's from is that is that around that um, like yeah. Rome, Rome, and uh, your you know you mentioned in in your Bible oh, there oh. about the mysteries of Lake Nemi and Nemi and stuff like that. Is that where your family goes back to from the 1300s? Yes, yes. They uh, what happened was uh, well with, with Lori, her family is from uh, some from Naples and the other are from from Sicily. She she comes from Sicily, but for my family. They originated from Lake Nemi, and then they gradually moved towards Naples from there. Right. And, well. they and um, from Lake Nemi is uh, we actually call it um, Diana's Mirror because mm -hmm. it's an old, it's an old volcanic crater that's now a lake. And when the full moon shines on it, it looks like you know Diana's Mirror, you know, from the moon goddess Diana. And there's an ancient temple alongside of it. Temple of Diana. You could see the the ruins are still there now, and and that goes back thousands of years. When uh, Caligula, in at the earliest century A.D., he he renewed that temple, and uh, he, <laughs> I mean, that, I can go down a, a whole rabbit hole with him too. Yeah, he, well, it's fascinating. Well, well, supposedly with Lake Nemi, you know, well, he I don't know for sure with him, but this is the story supposedly. I know for sure my family has been protecting secrets and I have learned through my spirit guides and through the watchers, mm -hmm. we call them the glory. I have learned over time that Lake Nemi at a certain spot in the lake underneath can be interdimensional beings can be contacted. There's another, there's like an, uh, some kind of stargate or mm -hmm. portal beneath the lake. And it's in, like, I'm thinking something's even in prison there somewhere deep underneath the ground mm -hmm. because Mussolini and Caligula both went mad building tunnels underneath that lake. Wow. And the craziest thing is it's like 19 miles from the Vatican and it's the, it's Italy's best kept secret. No one talks about it. I mean, it's the most beautifulest volcanic crater. That's a lake. There's wild strawberries growing alongside it. The outbound hills and the mountains all, all along. It's the most beautiful lake yeah, in the can, world. You can see like, you must be able to see the lake from a whole bunch of like all around there's yeah, an elevation yeah. all around the lake that you can see down into it. And Benevento, the town alongside of it, I mean, it has ancient statues for Diana. The whole, the whole place is like a Gothic temple for moon worship. I mean, it's still like that today. It's beautiful. And um, Mussolini had built all tunnels underneath it. And Caligula, 
And I think it was like he died around like 40 or 50 AD. Yeah. But around. Yeah. And he was like uh, he had these two boats like uh, supposedly he had made he had con- con- contacted these interdimensional beings and and they are descendants of like what the Bible calls the watchers as well. And that's what Diana was as well. She was like a fallen angel. She was a moon goddess. And she, you're not supposed to seek these, these beings out when it is time, they will come to you and they will give you knowledge. You're not supposed to seek them out and make deals with them and talk to them. And I think that's what Caligula had done. And he received some technology from them. He had these two ships that were on Lake Nemi like massive barges. One was dedicated to Diana and Isis, the Egyptian moon goddess Isis. And the other one was had buildings on it and supposedly holograms and different kind of cement and, and like uh, these buildings that they didn't have until thousands of years later. And like, you got to research it. The, the, the two boats that Caligula had on, on Lake Nemi. Yeah, they're like 2,000-year-old pleasure craft, right? Like, didn't he have yeah. fucking marble on there and, like, the rotating yep. statues and a hot tub and, like, all kinds of statues shit? Would move. The statues would move, and supposedly you would wave your hand over some of them and a hologram, like a, a being. They, they said it would be like a moving goddess, but to me that sounds like a hologram. Right. Huh. You know, and, and supposedly, you know, he, he went mad from – he would be staring at the moon for hours muttering, you know, and, he you know, spirits – possessed him wow and it was on lake nemi you know and mussolini the same thing now now mussolini with that and now those ships got burnt in world war ii right yeah and, and i think mussolini had drained the lake and they appeared and then later on the germans had burned it in like the 1940s but uh they were discovered earlier on and then you know that when they drained the lake they they had got i think some of i think maybe the hull or something is in a museum in lake nemi near lake nemi alongside somewhere but everything else is gone they drained that fucker? Yeah, well, they, it yeah, was they built, it. I think it was built with a fucking tunnel, wasn't it? Back in... Yeah. Like well, the, they, they had they made like an aqueduct or whatever it's Romans, called underneath. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Like, I just heard that the Romans built the Colosseum to flood with water so they could have these sh- ship battles, like these little boat battles on there. It's to go like four or five feet worth of water in the whole bottom of the Colosseum. Really? Yeah. Where did them go? Wow. Yeah. It's because I've been watching this show called Spartacus and it, that didn't get into that at all, but Sparta, it's just fascinating about back then. Like this is right when Gaius Julius Caesar was coming. He was young in the, the fourth season of that. And it was about the slave revolt, right? Like the, the, um, the Thracians and the Gauls. So it had like Spartacus and then Gannicus and Crixus were leading the slaves, which is around like right before, I think it was around Caligula. And it was right around this area that you're talking about. Like one of the big um, stadiums yeah, was in, was close to Naples, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah Lake Nemi's 19 miles from Rome. It's yeah. right under the nose of the Vatican right there. It's, it's crazy. So were they involved back then? Like was, was the, was the occult sort of witchcraft community involved in the slave revolt or anything back then? Like were they, were they, were they friends of the Roman empire, do you know, or were they, no, no. Like, uh, well, when Caligula had re, like, revived, uh, he made it. He made his own little sect, and he made the the, the temple of Diana alongside. It was called the Temple of Diana Nemorensis or something. But yep, it was yep. like he was evil, man. He, you know, he he had an evil mind. What what Strega is completely different than what Caligula is doing. Yeah, yeah. Strega, 
Yeah, they, well, from Aradia, there was this woman called Aradia. And she was born in Toscano or Volterra. They, they don't know for sure, but she was called Aradia di Toscano, like Aradia from Tuscany. Mm-hmm. And uh, she was born in the 1300s, supposedly uh, 1313 on August 13th. And um, she was a descendant of Strega and her aunt taught her the craft. And then, you know, one day she was walking through the hills near Lake Nemi and she would hear a voice whisper to her to look to the sky. And she looked to the sky and she saw different realities and, you know, all the differences and, and the plurality of worlds. And she saw everything came to her and she heard the whisper of the, the word moon shadow and the, to look to the dark side of the moon. Like, and that's where, like she, when she heard the, that whispers, like she got all the, all the past generations of her got revived in her. And she was like on a mission, like a quest. And she became almost like a, a Messiah type figure to all the, the peasants and all the, the people that were like uh, low income and all around that area, the farmers, she, she taught them all the old ways. And quick, Rome found out about it quick. Vatican found out about it quick. And they confronted her with priests and um, guards and soldiers and everything. And they imprisoned her. And while she was in prison, uh, <laughs> they, they say it could have been her that... Hello. Uh-oh. They would hit the prison that she. They had her locked in. Oh, hang on a second. We, we lost you. Take it back. To, they <laughs> we, say it was her. We lost. Yeah, we lost you for a couple seconds there. So it was right after she impri- you, they, she really? got imprisoned. They say it was her that. Yeah, they said they. Well, she she had uh, gotten prison, and there was an earthquake. Uh, they said it was that it was either the gods or her that caused an earthquake to hit prison. Oh wow! And. And, and so they were saying that she was dead. And, but a couple of days later, she was seen. And she, she appeared like in, there was like an outlaw camp that they had alongside the hills. And she, she appeared to a small group of followers. And she said that, you know, soon she will have to leave them, but she would teach them stuff. And she presented them with nine scrolls. And one of them was supposed to be bronze. And when, when like her, uh, and they called her the beautiful pilgrim, La Bella Pellegrina, who was the beautiful pilgrim they called her. And when she handed like the, these scrolls to her followers, one of them was like bronze-like, and there was certain writing on it that no one can read. And then it shined like, like the sun or something like that, like it really shined. And then all, all of a sudden, they all can read it in their minds. And after that, she, I don't know how long she was actually with them, but... She uh, she disappeared and supposedly she went towards Serbia or somewhere like that and she was never seen again by them. And then afterwards, the the Rome and the Vatican came and they they well her, the rest of her followers settled right around Lake Nemi right there. And then the the Rome and the Vatican came and they snatched up the the scrolls and like killed a lot of her followers. And you know one of my descendants was one of her followers and they had to go to towards Naples to Afragol. It's right outside of Naples. It's like uh, 200 miles from there. Wow. So they escaped. 
yeah, obviously yeah, where your ancestors escaped. escaped. That's where the slaves yeah. escaped from is right near Naples the, in, the, in the, the old stadium. So like 2,000 years ago, the slaves were in that. Uh, now, geez, I can't remember the name of the uh, the place. It was right near Naples. Um, I'm not going to remember it. Anyways. Um, Story's way longer than I just made, a, you know, a quicker version. Yeah, but so like, so you're related to some of those people that were part of her that whole the whole falling. Yep, yep uh, they were farmers. Do you know how many like those people got away, or how many her descendants are wandering had, like, around today? Few, she had a few hundred followers. I would say maybe a few dozen survived. Is there? Do you guys have any sort of uh, community today? Like. Obviously, there's you and this other this this lady you're going to interview. Is there anyone else? Yeah, there, there's there's a few covens around, and uh, in, in fact, like my like me and my generation and my family, me and my siblings are like the last full blooded because our our family are both from my mom's side and my dad's side are both have that Estrega bloodline. So my family was like the last last of the last right now. Wow. You better, yeah, huh. you better get on it there, you better, Yeah, you got to hunt down a nice, <laughs> nice straggle woman. Yeah, well, my wife's Mexican, so. <laughs> oh, you're married. Oh, yeah. yeah good. Okay. Yeah. Good. Yeah. We have two, she has two kids as well. So it's like, if, if maybe it will happen somehow, but I don't know. It's very hard to find that. Do you, do you have siblings? You have siblings yourself? Yeah. Yeah, I have a brother and sister. I'm the youngest. Are there, I'm 38. Are your brother and sister married already too? Yes, yes. Oh, man. I wonder if you guys are like, because, you know, if that is, maybe like, huh. Yeah, I'm the only one out of out of my brother and sister that follows, the that took, you know, follows the, the old ways. Do you have each, any weird experiences? Oh, man, I could, I could <laughs> go on and on about that. Started from a young age, but like, I was also like, a, you know, because of my bloodline and my genetics, I was, I believe... I can't prove it for sure, but I believe when I was taken in in California, I was in California for two years, and I was I was hunted down by like I thought they were private investigators or military or something, mm-hmm. and I was taken. And when I awoke, I was underground, and I was getting blood work taken from me. And you know, I was arrested, and the cops handed me over to these people. Wow! So, so you were arrested first, then. And then yeah, wow. I, I, I tell you the whole story. I'm just like yeah, yeah. That's that's that sounds like a fun story. Yeah, but, yeah. Well, first it, I, I got to rewind a little bit to tell you how I even got out there. It was like I was programmed or mind programmed somehow to just get up and leave. Like uh, I when when I was in I was in New York. It was about 2002, and something previous happened to me in my life before that as well that made me do this. Like in 2001, three days before the World Trade Center happened. I just decided to go to Arizona out of nowhere. You know, just I just just went out there. I just felt I was drawn to go out there. And I had a whole crazy experience out there as well. But you I'll, I'll get into the, I'll get into that later if you want. We'll, we'll stay on the one story. Sure. So in, in in 2002, you know, I told my family I was going to the store and I, and I and I went to the Port Authority and I took a bus all the way to Long Beach, California. I had one person I knew out there, this, this girl, Jamie, who was staying in uh, Cal State in Long Beach. She was going to college out there. And I don't know what came over me. It was the middle of winter. 
it was like I had, I just wanted to go there. I just had it in me just to go there. I don't know why. It was like I was programmed to just do it. <clears throat> Excuse me, girl. Support. So I took a, like a four day, three night, four day bus. I to go all the way from New York to Long Beach, California. And like, I, I needed a boat to go any further. I went as far as I could on a bus. And uh, this was like uh, in 2002. So a while ago now, I was in my early 20s. So uh, I went all the way out there and I stayed with that girl, Jamie, for like three or four days. And she was like, listen, you can't really be staying here. I'm going back to school Monday morning. She's like, you know, you know, it's, it's nice to see you. But so I was like, all right. So I left. And I ended up staying out there for two years. And like, I ended up getting my own place. Eventually I got a job and all that stuff. But there was like a two or three week span where I was just going through a supernatural. I went through like an awakening, like a, a, and I felt like that I appeared on somebody's radar for them to come hunt me down. Either they already knew about me and they knew about my bloodline and my genetics and they lured me to Long Beach for me to go to this, like they had a facility out there because I thought about this for years, for 10 years. First, I thought it was just some kind of ghost at first that my first encounter, I thought it was like a ghost or something, but I thought about it for years and then I, I found out what my lab was. Mm-hmm. And I think that's possibly what happened to me. So uh, Let, let's just explain that for people that aren't sure. So my lab is, is short for military abduction. So if people that have some sort of abduction experience encounter during that experience encounter people that seem like they're in the military as opposed to just ETs, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and a lot of times I think that a lot of these people that are thinking they're having contact with extraterrestrials and stuff like that, they're really having some kind of military abduction, mind programming, yeah, some kind of memory implant or something like that. Just yeah. the way that when they talk about it, they just sound bizarre. Yeah. You know, and uh, oh, so they've been working on people's minds for like decades, right? So who knows what they can do? I mean, it was proven. To you. I mean, <laughs> MK Ultra is a yeah. fact. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, so what? No, who knows what else? I mean, I mean, Montauk. You know, yeah. I, I have, and I had an experience with somebody that was in Montauk, and he ended up in Ledgeworth Village, which I lived not even a mile from. Right down the street, I grew up right down the street from there. Hmm. I don't know if you've heard of Ledgeworth Village. It's like a haunted, a sane asylum that's now abandoned. Creepy. Yeah. It, and her I mean, it's right near. It's right near Montauk. It's no. It's uh. It's it's a mile away from where I grew up in the Hudson Valley, right there. Jeez, and in, Hudson Valley's Rockland. full of those old sightings too. That's what I think of when I hear Hudson Valley is all those yeah, massive yeah. craft. Yeah. It's um yeah where I live uh, now you know I grew up in uh in Rockland it's uh it's right on the Hudson River there but I live about twenty minutes north of there now and I'm right near Pine Bush which is like oh. a big UFO area yeah that's like the town next to me <laughs> so uh so anyway I get I get I'm out in Long Beach and uh I start working at this uh this underground this underground store it's like a underground like hot topic kind of store it's called No Regrets. And like, uh, I was helping like customers come inside. I'm a musician. I was playing my guitar outside the store, handing out flyers just for a little bit of extra money. And, uh, so the first experience I had out there that started this like two week supernatural awakening that I'm talking about, uh, was, um, okay. First of all, I left the, the, my work, it was like 11 o'clock at night and I had to cut through a few alleys. 
And in Long Beach and in Los Angeles there, it's the alleyways are real creepy and dark at night. So uh, I was kind of like worried, you know, thinking about being depressed. I was a little depressed while I was out there. If it was the right thing to do, maybe I should just go home. Um, and, you know, I started really, you know, I was down on myself and I'm walking home. And uh, all of a sudden I'm in this alley and I'm all by myself and I smell my grandmother, my, my, my grandmother who passed away many years before. I smelled her perfect, that old lady perfume, like her perfume. And it like embraced me, like engulfed me. Like it was all, it, I, it was sad, saturated me. And I even said her, like I call her Nani. I was like, Nani? And, and I even said wow, her name a wow. few times, you know, and, and, and it, it was this warmth that came over me and it made me feel better, you know? And it made me feel like, you know, she was with me. And I think, you know, she was, you know, protecting me the next night because the next night it was almost 24 hours to like right on the, the nose almost. The next night, the same thing. Um, I got off work and I was cutting through the alley, but I decided to stop right where the road crosses right there. And because it's, it's like a busy, it's a busy crossway right there. And I was stopping. I was like, you know what? I'm going to play my guitar right here for a little bit and hustle up some money for breakfast. And that's and I was doing that a lot back, you know, in my early twenties. I was playing a lot of places like that. I was playing as a street musician. I was in a band. We we played the East Coast, the West Coast. So you know, I started playing. I I don't know what made me stop there at that point. It was like midnight, and I started playing, you know, right there on the side of the road. And uh, so I'm playing my guitar, and it's like I felt like you know, like this that warmth was around me. It was like uh, when you almost, and, and like a silence came over me, almost like when you walk into a library and, and you just instantly silenced and, and I'm, and I'm playing and I'm really feeling it and I was writing a song. And then like that silence came over me and I could smell like a cigar. And uh, so I smell this cigar and um, let me rewind a little bit. Um, down the street from, from there, there's this, bur there's a Burger King and there's always this, there was this, always this old man. And he was always uh, carrying like a dragon soda cans and looking for cans. And always, if you, if you ask him how he's doing, he'll, grrr, he'll grunt at you. He doesn't even talk. And he's all gruffy looking. Right. So now I'm playing my guitar that night on the, on the side there. And I smell the cigar. And all of a sudden, you know, I see somebody's brand new shoes standing there in front of me. And I haven't looked up yet. And uh, then I see, you know, I'm starting to look up and I see brand new pants. It's like a, it's like a brand new suit. And then I look up and it's this old man that's always in front of the Burger King. But, but his, his, uh, his beard is trimmed really nice and neat and his hair slipped back and he looks really good. And, like, uh, I, and I smelled the cigar, but I, I, I never saw one. And uh, so he, he's, he's looking, you know, he's in, and, I'm, and I'm thinking in my head, like, well, did this guy come up with money? Did he, he came into money somehow? What the fuck is this guy doing here like that? Oh, I don't mean the curse. No, go ahead. That's right? fine. Yeah, you bet. All right. So uh, I'm like, what the hell is this guy, you know, this guy, you know, this this old man, you know, what the hell is he doing? Maybe he's going to throw me some money or something. He's got a new suit on. So I'm thinking and I'm playing. So I said, all right. So I, I look back down and I, and, I, and I just start, I still, I keep playing my song. Then he starts talking. And I never, and I, I was, I've been passing this guy for a while now every day. And he never, he doesn't talk. Like he grunts and he's talking very smooth and intelligent. And he's telling me listen, I want you to come work for me. You know, I'm going to start up a band and I'm going to start up a club and I need some musicians. He's like, but a lot of people are after me and they want what I have and I have a lot of enemies. He's like, listen, you'll have everything you've ever wanted, anything you've ever needed. He's like, just, you just got to come with me and say yes. 
And like, I don't know why I wasn't like a lot of times when you get into a situation like that, your heart starts pounding like you're going to get to a fight. But I, I think it was my grandmother. Maybe I had that warmth and that silence still very calm. I didn't get my heart didn't start beating. I didn't get nervous. But and, and, and I'm pretty agile. I've been doing martial arts my whole life. And I'm able to like well, I was sitting in the Indian style with my guitar on my lap playing and I'm able to spring up like a cat, just stand up, you know, real quick. And on my on my feet without like bracing my my arms or anything, I could I could just spring up like that. So I don't know what came over me, but I sprung up like that and I looked him eye to eye and very calm, very easy. I said, thank you, but no, thank you. And I sat back down and I started <laughs> playing again. Right. <laughs> and I, I started I started playing again. And then I look up and I swear to God, when I looked in his eyes, it, they were not human. They were like a storm was brewing in him, like an evil red clouds were forming in his eyes. And the look on his face was anger. Like he never thought in the world that I was going to say no to him. And I said it politely. I said, no, thank thank you. But no, like I thanks for the offer, but no, thank you. And I said it politely, you know, and I saw those eyes and I still have nothing. No, I didn't get nerves. Those eyes, I just saw them and I still could, I could still, they're imprinted in my head. Still those eyes The it was like, it I've never seen a red like that before in my life. And I looked back down and I just started playing my heart out again. And then I looked back up and he was gone. Gone. But I could still smell that, that fucking, it almost like my grandfather's cigar. Like my, almost like my grandfather's old pipe that he used to smoke. Like a pipe. Like that. Not, not, not really a cigar, like a pipe. I smelt it. And, and, and it's not over, right? So that day I went home and I fell asleep real calm. And I didn't think about it for the rest of the night. I just went to sleep. But the next day, I was walking by that Burger King, and I see that old man, and he's dressed all dirty again. And I'm like, what the hell is going on? Right? So I run across the street, and I confront him. I'm like, what the hell? What the hell? I'm screaming at him, cursing him. What the hell is the matter with you? What the hell did you pull last night? You know, what, 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 you were in a suit? What the hell's wrong with you? You're telling me all this weird stuff? And I'm screaming at him. He's just like, ah. And he's grunting at me like he has no clue what I'm saying. And I, and I point to his beard. I'm like, look, it was you, man. Look, your face is shaved still. It's still it was you. And I'm pointing at his face and I start and I walk away all mad. And I look back and I could see him feeling his face like all confused, like he's trying to figure out what the hell I was talking about. And uh, so that 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 passed. And I thought about it for like forever, man. I thought about it. And there was this girl. There was this girl that that appeared in the park that same day, right after I saw him at Burger King. Um, there was I was playing my guitar in the park, and this girl appeared, and she started singing with me while I was playing out of nowhere. And I look over, and she was strikingly beautiful, with like Hawaiian looking, with really striking green eyes. And she and after I was done playing, I asked her what her name was, and she told me her name was Nemi, which like really <laughs> blew me away, you know. Right. So later. <laughs> So after, you know, I, was, I started walking with her I, and, and I asked her where she was from and she said she was from uh, the Northwest. And she, I asked her how she, she said, I don't know, I just came to Long Beach. Like the same thing as me. And then um, I actually, I took her to the store. She said she had gotten her period. I bought her stuff for her period at the store and stuff like that. We hung out for like a couple of hours. And then the next, I think two, I didn't see her for like two or three days. And then two or three days later, I was passing on the bus and I saw her walking down the street with that old man and I never seen her again. Weird. And the, the weirdest thing is, uh, I, I missed a, a key thing about that. The weirdest thing is I saw her scribbling on the paper because she, she, I was talking to her 
about that man. And she said that she saw him as well. And she was scribbling on the paper, um, M period, I period, L period, A period, Mila, like that. And I asked her what it meant. She said that she wanted to start a band with that name. So it's kind of coincidence that later, years later, I'm looking up my lab and (laughs) she was writing Mila. So I don't know if that's just a weird little coincidence there or... I don't know. That sounds a bit too weird to be a coincidence. Right? But dark to be a synchronicity. Yeah. Wow. That was one one of the three experiences in in a two-week span that led to me getting picked up by these people. You know, it's like when I got... Lady Gaga. (laughs) Right? (laughs) She was beautiful, he said. She was really beautiful, though. And And I still see her name. And, like, her real name was Kayla, but her nickname was Nemi. That's what she told me. And I asked her what, what the Nemesis stand for. And she goes, you know, like Nemesis. Oh, that's weird. Yeah. Because if it's, it sounds like the deal with the devil sort of thing, usually you get your just rewards in this life, at least. And you know what? Over the years, like I, at first I wasn't going on my lab route with that experience with that guy. Like I wasn't even putting the two and two of me getting abducted because the way it went when I, when I, I got arrested by the police and then I was, arguing in i got putting in a holding tank with a whole other bunch of people and i was arguing with arguing with two other people and i got like into a fight and the cop he came from behind he was telling shut up in there he was yelling at us and i got was getting into an argument with two guys and i started we were pushing each other and fighting and wrestling around and the cop came in and either hit me with one of those mag lights or one of the, a stick or something behind my head and when i came to my arm was draped around his his neck and i was being dragged and then I, he threw me into a cell or whatever. But then when I woke up, I was underground. Like I was in a, a room with a nurse. I was getting my blood taken and it was a rock wall. And then I was, at, he would, I was asking her, what the hell, where am I and what happened? And she was telling me, you fell. You fell, right? You need to sign the paper that you fell. And I was like, oh my God. no, no. And, right? and then, so I ended up signing the paper just to get the hell out of there. And then they put me on a bus, like a, a, a transport bus. And there was a like a gate in the middle of the bus, and at the top of the bus there was all these girls in in not not in jumpsuits. They were like in almost like a mental patient outfit. It was like a, a white and yellow uniform, and they were all looking at me with this dead stare. And I was so groggy that I I didn't say anything. But I don't know, like if I was at the jail, why was I being transported back somewhere? So they definitely had me somewhere else. Like, yeah. and when I saw it was a rot, it was like a cinder block wall. When I was getting my blood taken, that didn't look like no jail to me. And, and I was being transported back to Long Beach, you know, and I was released at the courthouse. They dropped me off at the courthouse. Wow, that's crazy. Do you have any, like, did you check for any implants? I mean, I do have a little scoop mark on my arm that I never had, but I don't know where it could have came from anywhere. And I, I never was checked for implants or anything like that, but who knows? I mean, anything's possible. Do you ever have any flashbacks of any memories from in there? I, yeah, I guess, I, I mean, I do have a, a reoccurring thing where um, I'm being held down and I'm, you ever, you know, like a carpenter, I don't know, I don't know if it's just a nightmare, like, but I'll think about it even when I'm awake sometimes. And uh, you ever, you know what a carpenter's level is, right? When you have to level out the bubble. Yep. Yeah. So like, sometimes I, 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 re- I have this vision that I'm laying down. This happened to me in Arizona once too, but. This was when I was really younger and, and I had done crystal meth with the girl. So I can't say it was for real, <laughs> but, but that was, that was very long ago, you know, but 
I, I've been, I haven't done anything like that in almost 20 years. So, but this is a reoccurring vision I have, and it could be, it could have something to do with where I'm laying in water and my, I'm in, it's like a, a tube. Uh, my, it's like uh, my head and my feet are in the tube and like I'm laying with my, like almost like in the crucifixion position where your arms and legs are out and there's like tubes around me and I'm in this water and the water's like giving me waves of information. Like the water has like a memory in it or, or some information. It's like all this shit's being downloaded to me and I'm just laying there in this water. I don't know if that, if that has anything to do with it or if that's just some kind of weird thing but it, it, it happens to me sometimes like like I'll, I'll i'll feel like a buzzing in my head and things and i'll feel like she'll go white almost and and i'll and i'll start thinking about that i don't know if it has anything to do with it or not huh. did you feel did you feel when you got arrested did you feel like they knew you to be different than everybody else or anything like that like were you singled out at all or i felt like i was yeah i felt like i was yeah and but i can't i can't say for sure but i felt like i was and yeah. the cops were even I felt like they were in on it because I was running, like I was walking fast on the street and that's why they approached me because he said <laughs> I was walking fast. And cause I asked him and like, and for some reason I had a pocket knife in, in my, and it's not my normal reason ever to do that. I'm very, very respectful of the police usually and all that. And I was, and I was walking a little fast, but for some reason when the cop was walking towards I me, I was walking a little fast. I was. <laughs> But, you know, but when the cop pulled alongside of me while I was walking on the street, right, he, he got out of the car and he was like, come here for a minute. And, and as I was walking towards him, I don't know why I did it subconsciously, but I opened up the knife in my pocket and I put it into my shirt. Like I was holding it underneath my shirt. Like I, I don't know why I did that. I was already on like the defense. And when he, when he asked to frisk me, he found the open knife in my shirt. Like it was in my sweatshirt pocket. Wow. And he went right then and there. He was like, what the fuck? You know, he threw me up against the wall. And then he, he was like, why are you walking so fast, Speedy? And, and fucking, you know, he was, like, <laughs> he was like, where are you going? And then he threw me and he was like, and when he threw me in the car, he was already telling the other guy something. And, and I was like, where are you? Like, why are you taking me? What am I being arrested for? He's like, and he was telling me about the, oh, you didn't give me the, and that's what happened too. Now I'm remembering. When he asked me what my name was, I told him a different name and he told me that's not your name. Weird. So how the hell did he know that wasn't my name? Hmm. I just remembered that. And that's, that was one of my charges that I got arrested for that. And it's still, cause I looked it up not too long ago. I ran my name. I was arrested, you know, for, you know, I was, I was a pretty crazy teenager. Like there was, you know, there was times where I had a near death experience when I was younger and I think I opened up like a doorway because there was times where I've had spirits encounters with spirits my whole life. And there was a time when I was younger where I ran away from a lot of things and I was using drugs and, you know, and I had to overcome a lot when I was younger. Yeah. And, and I got arrested a few times for like little misdemeanors and shit like that. So I never had a felony, but I got arrested for a couple of misdemeanors here and there when I was younger. So recently I had ran my name nationwide to see, I wanted to see, you know, what came up and still, from that time in Long Beach, there's an, my there's an like an open. I guess they don't come get you for a misdemeanor, but there's a there's still an open thing for it says false impersonation. Like for for they charge me with saying the wrong name. Wow, that's crazy like, from way back. Yeah. Yep. Nice. You should. Uh, do you still have that? That'd be a cool picture for the episode art. 
That would be a cool picture. No, I didn't. I didn't print it out. Walking or too like that. fast. I wonder if that's a ticket. Are you going speedy? Yeah, and I got the knife I had was from the store that I was working at. No regrets. It was like a, a double fisted knife. Like there was like you 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 hold it in your fist and there's like a, a knife on both ends. Like it's like a yeah. a double edged knife like that. It was like an illegal knife. So they arrested me for that. Wow, oh, I remember I used to have one of those like. Uh, Butterfly knives, or whatever, like they flipped around. It was like a double yeah, handle flip. And someone yeah, told me those marks. are illegal too. Yeah, those were always illegal, I think. Like, yeah, how, why is, how is that illegal? But I can go get a fucking giant. You fucking... can cut yourself on it when you're trying to. Oh, is that, they, is they that why? Baton things too, where it looks like a little baton, but there's a knife in the side that unscrews. I yeah. want a cane with a little knife. <laughs> yeah, those are badass. Yeah. I, got a, I got a real samurai sword, it's really good ones. Well, how did you get into you? You've been into martial arts for a while. Did your what I'm what I'm interested in is having this near death experience and having sort of like spirit communications, and then also getting into Muay Thai. Like, how did you reconcile? Yeah, how Thai. do you reconcile? Like, so Isn't like it the Muay Thai. No, that's a drink. Yeah, Muay Thai. Muay Thai. Muay. Thai. Muay. 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 It's like, that's yeah, not, it's isn't like, that like more. No, it's Muay Thai, like Muay. M U A Y. Muay Thai. It's like a, it's like kickboxing, but it's you're using your elbows and your knees and everything else as well. So, so you I, like it kickboxing, you can't really elbow people and knee them to the face as much, but you can do that. In, yeah. In Muay Thai. So how do you reconcile the the violence aspect of that with like this more the spiritual aspect of the other stuff? Well, it really, I mean, it's not that I'm not saying it's violent. Really, I'm not saying it's violent it in that violent. negative you know, way, it's but competing you know. in Muay Thai, it is, it is violent. But like, it, there's prayers involved in it as well. Like you're you're praying to the you're the gods beforehand. It's like a competition of who's the better martial artist. And you know, when you're a martial artist, it, it embodies your mind, body, and spirit. You have to become one with nature and one with everything. You know, everything around you mm -hmm. to be a martial artist. You know, I mean, it's not just about violence. It's about you know, once you learn like how to protect yourself and learn what you're capable of as a man, you become more peaceful and more at ease. I think a lot of people that are always looking to be violent, they're, they're insecure and they're not sure what, of who they are as a man. And they feel the need to be crazy like that. And, and that's kind of how you need to know how to protect yourself because there are people out there like that. Yeah. You know, and I want to be able to protect my family. And, and when I want to, like I said, when I hadn't gotten into drugs and stuff when I was younger, how I got out of it was to go into Muay Thai and go into a Muay Thai camp and yeah. really clean my body out and become a new man. And wow. So when, what age was that at then when you started Muay Thai? 99. 99, wow. Yep. And then I really got serious about it in 2003, 2004. So you must have only been like 20. Yeah, yeah. When I well, I started karate when I was really young. I did wrestling in school as well for a little while, and born. I was in karate for a little while, and then when I was like uh, in my teens, the the karate class I was going to, he had a kickboxer come. He had just came from Thailand, and it, it blew us away. I think all the kids that were there tonight, all most of them ended up eventually going over with this kickboxer because he 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 was just amazing. Like I realized in karate, I didn't know how to punch. I didn't know how to really kick. I just knew how to do some bullshit freaking things that wouldn't even work in the street. Little flips and that's <laughs> yeah, like judo. Yeah. Fucking judo's bullshit. <laughs> Somebody who knew judo could probably kick the shit out of me pretty quick and like break my arm and stuff, but I'd still laugh at him. <laughs> yeah, but you, you see judo, judo they want to take you down to the ground and make you say uncle. 
and not really going to punch and kick you. They and just I think you need to out. attack them too, right? That's the thing. So I, I just won't hit yeah. the judo guy. <laughs> All his moves are counters. That's the thing about a grappler, though, man. They 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 manhandle people like gorillas. You when when a grappler like a judo guy or a jujitsu guy grabs a hold of you, you realize how strong they are, man. And they get you down to the ground. And it's it's all over. Did it you was ever... all over for me before it even started. <laughs> <laughs> I was a wrestler in high school for a couple of years. I, I did pretty you're like good. Short, you're like a little fucking powerball. Little pit bull. I got fourth in the problem. Yes, you know pit bull yeah. seems like a stretch. Yeah, you know, you're what almost I'm too about. much we'll of a fight. pit bull to tandem skydive. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I saw pictures of that on your. Uh, I think it was Twitter or Facebook. Oh yeah, One that was yeah, that was amazing. That's pretty crazy. So were you were you competing in MMA at all, like mixed martial arts, or was it was it strictly? I've, I've never I've never competed, but I've helped uh, coach some people in MMA and stuff like that. But I've I've competed in Muay Thai, but not MMA. Right, right, right. Wow, that's interesting. So, so how did you? Um, so you got into the Muay Thai and all, that, and did you keep some of this this with you from your NDE? Your NDE happened when it was when you were young, right, like nine or something like that. Yeah, I had. Um, I had two of them actually. Um, one in 1987 or 88, and then again in 1990 when I hit my head. At the I went. I was uh, I was in the like in the summer camp. Like they would take us to the high school and pool inside the high school it was like an in the ground pool. And I came running out of the locker room like an idiot trying to impress people. And I was gonna like do a cannonball or something into the pool. And I came yeah. running out of the locker room and I slipped on the puddle and I my feet came out for me. I smashed my head on the on the, the concrete there, whatever it is, alongside the pool, and yeah. I was out. out. In fact, I forgot that we had gone to Disney World the year before. Like, like I got really smashed. And while I was unconscious, like, uh, you know, I had, uh, it, it started to come back to me later on. But when I awoke, um, I remember it was my grandmother that, that I never met was awakening me. Like, uh, I remember her from her pictures. Like, and she, she, went, she was the first person I saw wake me up. It was her face. And then her face became the the lady's or whoever counselor's face. It was wow, weird. Wow. Like, it was like the same person. And then um, from then on, it was like this. It was like at that moment, the spirits took me when I was unconscious because I started uh, from weeks on from there. I started drawing crazy things about people. You know, I was I was interested in the stars and different all all types of things, weird stuff started happening to me where I started dressing different. Um, I, I started becoming into different things. Like sports didn't matter to me as much anymore. And I wanted to do music and and all this other stuff like just started awakening with me. And that's when I started really like embracing my heritage and stuff as well. Wow. Because, yeah, the, I hear these stories about a lot of people that go through NDE experiences or whatever they it opens up a whole sort of new psychic realm or they become healers or they really seems like they gain this ability to tap into something greater. It's true because I was even, you know, later on in life, I started researching about shamanism. And if you talk to most shaman at one point in their life, they became real ill, like with a bad fever or something where their spirits took them and they felt like their body was being taken apart and being put back together. Huh. And if they, they came back together and they had their wits and they weren't completely mad forever, then they became a shaman and, and they made it out of that. You know, and that, that's, that's how you start being a shaman. That's you know, interesting. It's like, it's, it's like the, you, don't, you don't choose to be a shaman. It chooses you, you know. It's like a full death of the ego, really, just... Becoming something completely different. 
it's like when I was a kid, like I, like I said, that's what led me to, 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 you know, like numb myself for a while because I was, I was scared of a lot of things, man. I, it would, it's still, it took me many, many years to not be scared of what was going on. Just not be scared of, you know, just like I would look in, even I would look into the clouds and I would see things start forming and things start like I would hear stuff in my head, different messages and all stuff like the clouds are alive. Like, I don't know if you know, but the wind, the clouds, the whole earth is alive. It's a living, breathing library. Like it's ancient, ancient. It's all alive. Like, like when, when, like the God in the Bible, that's not, they're not talking about the creator God in the Bible. They got it confused. The creator God is a universal consciousness. Mm -hmm. It's all around us. It's what holds the whole fabric of everything together, you know, and and it's, it's alive and breathing. You could see it in the clouds. You can hear it in the wind. It's it's around everyone. It's in us. It's in you. You're made out of everything. The stars are made out of. It's in all of us. And this this type of of uh, interest fits well, well with your your lineage as well, right? Like almost the paganism sort of you know yeah, nature sure. nature thing being yeah. yeah. The like the moon is is the first of all the moon like. From what I believe it is, it's a, it's a base. It was brought there. It's not a natural forming anything. Yeah. That, that moon was brought there, and, and it's like an astral base. It's like a terraforming it's, object. It's like an astral yeah. base, I think, man. It's where all the astral realms and all the astral travelers, they gather there on the dark side. And it's sort of like a base for astral travelers. Hmm. So can anyone go there? Like, if you, could... <laughs> you have to get out of your body first. <laughs> Yeah, but some people can do like, that. Like, if you could do like the lucid dream out of body experience thing and fuck off exactly. to the moon, would there be other people there? We'll never know via Graham because he's fucking <laughs> have you terrible. Ever, I'm trying. Have I'm you tr- ever heard about the silver cord that's attached to you yeah. when you ask your trouble? Yeah, this, I this, think this from that reminds that reminds me of uh, is it what the bleep do we know? That everyone's floating around with the cord attached to him. What the fuck? Or is that a movie or something crazy? Well, when I dream too, almost every night I'm flying and I start first, I start moving my arms when I'm on the ground. And then the next thing I know, I'm flying from place to place. I do it almost every night. I've got a memory of fucking people floating around with cords all tied to them. So somebody out that, there is going to know what the fuck I'm talking astro about. Travel. Oh, you were astral traveling, my friend. That's what I'm wondering if I'm getting some weird, if it's from a dream yeah, no, sure or what the fuck it's usually, from. But I'm, it's probably it's from a movie. Back to the head, back of the head or the spine. So, so what were you saying uh, when Darren interrupted you there about where the cord gets attached to? Something about the moon? <laughs> something about the moon, or yeah, the, there's, there's, you know, we believe that there's, there's 28 lunar mansions, different realms into the moon, and the moon is like a portal, portal for spirits and souls and for astral traveling. And when you die, at, you have to pass through the moon, the lunar realm, and you know, even the sun. The sun is a portal. They're portals. So is, you, is your cord attached to that, man? I don't know if you can per se that it's like, you know, attached, but it has something to do with the, the moon as well. The cord is not, maybe it's not attached all the way to there, but it has something to do with, it's attached to your intention and your dream and your traveling. That's what it's attached to. It's, it's making you go from realm to realm and it's keeping you grounded. Hmm. That's fascinating. The moon is pretty weird. What movie are you talking about? 
I don't. I don't. I don't think Darren knows what movie. He's I don't know about. what I'm talking about. I just have <laughs> a memory. <laughs> it's. I don't remember it either. So Maybe. I have. I have like a different. If you guys ever wanted to try to astral project or ever or past life recall, I have well, a lot yeah. of different techniques that you could try. I yeah, I'm always trying. Yeah, I'd love some tips on that. I'm trying to lucid dream. I wouldn't all mind. Time. Can we do like a past life recall right now? <laughs> or is, well, it, is there more to it than you. that? I could do a reading for you, or we could do a live reading. Like I could do a reading for you over the phone, but uh, yeah, past like we, like you, there's like some things I could do. You know, I could give you some. You know, I could tell you now. If you yeah, want. yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Sure. And then they'll do the reading. I feel like, like I could all right, use a like, reading. To to do like past life recall. All right, you uh, first like get a full length mirror. Okay. Um, and then set a bowl of water out like under the full moon. And it should be in according to your sign, like when the moon is in Pisces or Cancer. I'm a Cancer, so like when the moon is in I'm Cancer. I'm a Pisces. I'm a Cancer. <laughs> yeah, so I'm a Cancer as well. So you're sensitive, huh? Yeah, grandma's yeah, sensitive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm a Cancer as well. But so when the moon sensitive. is in your sign, is that like so? Is life. that is that once a year? It's once a year. It's in every sign. How does that phasing work for the moon? No, no, it goes, uh, it, it's a few times throughout the year. Like it, okay. each, each month, it's each month it changes throughout the months. Like it'll be the half moons in Pisces and then the quarter moons in Aries. And it goes along like that each month. It goes through it. Okay. So it's like it, the full moon would be in Pisces a couple times a year. It's not like you have to wait years yeah. for it. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, leave, uh, leave it under, leave the bowl of water out underneath the moon for like three hours. Okay. But, uh, just to just move, remove it before sunrise. That's all. Okay. Does it have right. to be sunny? Can it be cloudy? Uh, I mean, it could be. Just you want to be able where the moon shines on it for a little bit, and and make it so it's like secret and nobody really sees you put it out there. No one, no, no one can see it. Somewhere where it's you know nice and like in your backyard, you know. Okay. And uh, okay. And then using like that water after it's done, after that, and remove it before sunrise. Use that water to like wash the surface of the mirror completely. Okay. All right. Then next, dry the mirror, and like leave, leave uh, like no streaks or anything on the mirror whatsoever. Okay. And it must be done within like three days following the full moon. Okay. And if you, if you don't do it, then you got to wait until the next new moon. Okay. Uh, then you're when you're ready to begin using the mirror, set it upright on the floor, like in a in a quiet setting. Place a candle in front of the mirror, and then sit before the mirror. And sit before the candle so that the candlelight is falling upon your face and like slightly changes your appearance. Yeah. You know, like when the, you know what I mean? Yep. And then study this face until you begin to feel that this, this person is not you. Okay. It's not your reflection. Then allow yourself to sense this person seeking an impression from him or her and try to visualize the surroundings of this person's time and repeat this like you, until you've, you have seen at least one or two people. You know, and, and you'll you and you'll you'll feel the users like as you explore like this technique, you'll feel they'll use like it over and over again, and you might see two or three different faces each time. Yeah. And with patience, you'll be able to link this with some of your past life personalities as well. Yeah. Huh. And like uh, you can also use this for the astral doorway. Like prepare the me- the mirror the same way, and it's not used to reflect the painting or 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 drawing like of the desired realm you wish to enter is, is can be like a, a temple, a sanctuary, whatever you wish to encounter. It could be, you know, a, a wall mural is best, you know, so set the entire mirror is filled with like the reflected image mm-hmm. and sit, sit off to the left of the mirror so that your body is not reflected in it. The only light that should be from candles near the painting 
and then the mirror itself must be placed in the west quarter of the room. And when you're ready to begin, mentally walk into the mirror doorway and explore setting your imagination, your, your visualization. You, you, you'll need to perform like probably a few times before you, you've, you, know, you've, you start to get it. Yeah. And the reflected image within the structure of the mirror, you know, it, you'll start to see like a, it'll open up the astral doorway. And you'll see whatever you want, like whatever your intent is, mm-hmm. is, is like if you, if you tend to, you want to travel to a different realm or wherever you want to, like where your tent, you visualize that and that becomes your doorway. You know, and, and in time you won't need a mirror or anything like that. It's just that, you know, like in us humans, I think we, we need a symbol sometimes. We need, we need something tangible. So to start it off, it's good to, to have something tangible like that to open up a doorway for you. And a Train ritual. And a ritual. And, and yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's a whole ritual to it. It's the same thing like with a, a like a talk, like even though I don't believe in really using talking boards and Ouija boards, it's the intent that's what it's, the board doesn't mean shit. It's the intent. It's a tool, it's yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's the same thing with the mirror. It's, it's a tool. Is there anything in, in there about looking at the mirror and looking at your left eye? Like looking at, because uh, that's apparently the, how you can see your soul or you can enter into your soul that way too. It's supposed to look from the left side. Yeah. Like, you, like you're supposed to be to the left of it. Yeah. It always says that. And like, even, even like, uh, like they, they used to set two stones on like, uh, even in Lake Nemi, they used to set two stones like around where the moon would shine and they would like, but, um, not, not even two stones. Well, they it's called the moon portal. Like they, they do it in even ancient times, like with Stonehenge, like they would put a stone on each side. So when the moon rises at night, you would see the moon between the two stones, like it's an altar. Mm-hmm. And even at, at Nemi, like they, they would put um, like a big wooden post, two of them, like one on each end. And then they would lay a flank over it. And when the moon would rise, it would be like sitting on top of the, you know, the beam, like it's sitting on top of the, you know, the wood, like it's an altar. And then they would hang a candle on each side of it. It would be the spirit flame. Wow. So have you had any, any OBEs from, from this type of thing? Like, do you do this yourself at all? Yeah. Wow. Can you describe one? I'm try. I, I mean, I'm not like, I haven't been like seriously trying every night or whatever, but I definitely try and lucid dream and I've, I listened to listen to music that I thought would help me, you know, go OBE, but uh, it's tough. Well, do you want to hear like some like prophetic dreams? Basically, I've had like yeah, sure, it? sure, yeah, something like that. Like uh, there was a. Uh, have you ever heard of uh, Madame Blavatsky? Yep. Yep. Well, um, I was reading one of her books, and uh, it's called The Secret Doctrine. Mm-hmm. And afterwards, I started to meditate and, you know, and I was reading it for a couple months, you know, on and off. I was reading it and I started to meditate one night and um, I didn't have any music on. I just was in this real relaxed state and it, I can't even like I didn't even sit down with the attention of meditating. I just sat down and I was really relaxed. And all of a sudden I felt like. Almost like. I can't even describe it. It was like almost, I heard it in my head, like, like, like everything was just slowing down and like, almost like you can see the air, like moving, like the particles in the air, everything is just slowed down for a minute. And then I was just peaceful. And 
when I closed my eyes, I was, I, I had like this experience where I was actually smelling flowers and I was like in a new environment and I opened my eyes and I was like in some kind of, it was white around me and there was stairs and I was looking to the left of me, there were stairs going all the way up and to the right of me, there were stairs going all the way up. And on the walls, there was these red snakes painted and they were like cobras. And then I looked over and I could see Madame Blavatsky sitting there and she looked over at me. And then when I looked over to the left, I saw this man with like a, a like beard and a turban. And and we were like in some kind of and then in front of me was like water and it was all white around me, but white like walls. And later on, when I researched it, I think I was like at the well of Sheshna hmm. in, in Benares in India. I think I projected somehow to, to some other like uh, maybe I was fabricating him to my head. Maybe not. But somehow she was looking at me and I was looking at her and I smelt the flowers there and I smelt everything around me. And I felt like I was there. And that that person could have been Kuthumi. It was one of her persons that she t- talked to. And it looked almost just like some of his pictures that, I, that I've researched afterwards. At the time, I didn't know who it was. But, hmm. you know, that's that's. Uh, you've heard of uh, like the Well of Sheshna and the Naga. Um, I don't I think I haven't heard, heard of the no, Well of Sheshna. Well, in in Benares, India, there's there's this thing called the Well of Sheshna, and it supposedly it, it underneath it is the entrance to Patala, which is an underground lair of the the Nagas, which are like reptile reptilian humanoids that the ancient Hindus called the Naga, mm-hmm. and these are like reptilian like beings that they worshiped as gods, the ancient Hindus. And the well of Sheshna is a really well-kept secret in India. It's in Benares. And there's a gymnasium in India. I recently researched this, and there's a gymnasium in India where the well's underneath it. Like the regular public cannot go to this. You have to know somebody to really find it. There's two wells of Sheshnas. There's the one that the tourists go see, and then there's the real one. And now they have actually some pictures of the real one up on, on YouTube and on David Icke's site and stuff like that. They, they, they found it. And uh, it's almost the exact thing of what I saw. It wow. freaked me out. Wow. It freaked me out. It's ancient. This goes back thousands of thousands of years. They talk about it in, in the ancient Hindu Sanskrit, the Mahabharata, and all that. They talk about it. And it's like they call Patala. It's the underworld of the reptilian Naga. Naga are these these serpent-like beings that are talked about in every ancient lore. I mean, I even think the fallen angels had the serpent in them. Like, you know, they say Lucifer was one of the fallen angels. He's the seed of the serpent. You know, just like Poseidon has, you know, they're all pictured with tridents and with the serpent-like beings. And I think, you know, they're, they're remnants of this it's in inter- all lore. It's interesting, the parallels between that and Lake Nemi, too, being, you know, yeah. like a lake with uh, yep. some sort of portal at the bottom or some sort of opening there. Yeah, and there's, there's parallels to that as well. And, and like, I had this, this, after that, I've dreamt about it many times. And it's, it's not the only one I've had, man. There's, there was another moment where I had that same thing happen to me where I was awake but dreaming and, like, all of a sudden, I'll hear that like that weird sound, and it faded out. And I can almost see the. It's like I can almost see the particles in the air. Like my, my I'm like squint. Like it's almost like I'm squinting. I can almost see the particles slow down in the air. Like, and then 
I snap into it and it's like you're I'm in a hole where I can actually smell stuff. And and I had this uh, happen to me when I was a kid once, too. And then later on in life, uh, looking on the Internet, I think it was it was some kind of like prophetic. Uh, like some kind of something like because the people that I thought I saw that day was I think it was L. Ron Hubbard and it was the most evilest face I've ever seen in my life. Because later on on the Internet, when I saw who what he was, I had this thing happen to me as a kid where I had a nightmare and it was this evil guy holding out his hand to me. And when I grew up and I was looking on the Internet, that was L. Ron Hubbard's face. It was weird shit. Is he the Scientology dude? Yeah. Yeah, he's the one who invented Scientology and Dianetics. You know, I, I, yeah, and Dianetics and all that. I think he's he's there's something evil about him, man. He's dead now, but it was something really evil, and he had to do with Aleister Crowley stuff and, and and stuff like that too. He 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 did a lot of satanic evil evil doings. Well, it's interesting. This, I wonder. Sorry, go ahead. Keep going. No, uh, I had that like I had that vision of him holding out his hand to me, and I just didn't want to touch it. It looked so evil to me. And then to the left of me was this other guy that my mom used to read his books, uh, Dr. Leo Lewis Martello. He's an old, he, he's a Strega from, he died in 2000. He's a Strega as well, hereditary Strega. And he's the one who pulled me out of the dream. Like he grabbed me. Wow. Fuck, that's and, crazy. Yeah, it is crazy. Because I always think about that. And, you know, and like when later on in life, when I was looking on the internet and I saw L. Ron Hubbard's face, I almost shit myself. I was like, oh my God, my mind's going to explode. It was definitely him. I, th- I think they, was it, weren't they, her and Bl- him and Blavatsky and, and Crowley all around the same time too? Yeah, well, Bl- Blavatsky was in the, the late 1800s, early 1900s, stuff like that. Oh, and oh, I, think, that's, uh, uh, yeah. I think Crowley was around that same time too. Huh. It's fascinating. Yeah, but. A lot of her stuff, man, that she says is amazing. Like uh, she, she was channeling something because she wasn't. She was talking very. She she didn't have a lot of education in her life, but yet she was a great scholar and 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 great at everything. I mean, she even was talking in there like about Atlantis and how that when the Greeks wrote about Atlantis, whether it was it Plato or whoever wrote about it, that he only got the little small part. Hmm. That it would that little circle that he talks about was just a little piece of Atlantis. She she talks about that it was. The whole mid-Atlantic ridge that comes down, that whole piece that's underwater, like she says that that whole thing was Atlantis at one time. Wow. So she she was just an influence uh, for Hubbard, actually, <laughs> which is interesting. Yeah. I heard that even Hitler twisted her words and, and, you know, the whole Aryan race, like he got that from Blavatsky. Yeah. So did you see anything in the well at all? Like any, did you have any sense of the future events or... Is that well supposed to be also a um, an area where you can foretell? Or yeah, it's supposed to be. You know, it's supposed to be only mystics can contact that well. Hmm. It's uh, and it, you like I have to be able to get there sometime in my life. I'm meant to be there. Yeah, I have to get there, and I have to bring my because like when I like I never mentioned when I was younger and I had that that like near death experience. Like when I awoke. Like I, the message that I got from them that was that I was supposed to somehow my music, like I, I get, it's like I channel the, the words that I use and the songs that I get. It's like somehow my music is, is meant to heal myself and others. You know, that's what I took from it. And that's why I started playing music. I don't know if I fulfilled that or, 
or not, but I think one day that I'm meant to help people through music and through through something. I think that that was the message that I got. Well, I mean, your music could have already, you know, your music could have already played a huge influence on your healing. I mean, if especially with that encounter that you had and, you know, maybe that music was there to, to help you through those as well. Well, if you, if I, if I tell you this thing, you might think I'm really out there now. Cause if my wife hears me saying, if she's downstairs right now, she's going to really think I'm bizarre, but I've already told <laughs> people, a few people what I'm about to say right now. Well, you're but, about uh, to tell, of, just, you're about to tell thousands. A few thousand. <laughs> yeah, no, well, well, yeah, I don't care. Like, okay. That's why I'm here, you know, <laughs> but the reason why I'm, uh, when I was out in California at that time, like I said, I had a few experiences and, uh, one of them was I had like, I went, it's a whole nother experience. We could talk about that later on or another time or whatever. But the one I'm talking about now was, uh, I, I was playing guitar in the apartment I was in and something creepy came over me, like a weird feeling. And I looked over to the apartment complex next to me and through the window, I saw the head of like a humanoid cat, like a big lion headed, but it was, it was black, like all. I, I, it was dark in the apartment, so all you could see was the silhouette of the head. But it was like a big lion-headed being, and it looked. It turned its head and looked at me, and I just and I pl- I was playing my heart out, like like and and for some reason I forgot about that for a very long time, and then recently, like a couple of months ago, I was like and and let me rewind. Uh, throughout the last couple of years after that. Like after that, when I saw that being, I forgot about it. And it's funny because the next day after that, I, I, after, well, I didn't forget about it right away. The very next day, I went over to that apartment complex to look inside that room that I saw that, that being in. Mm-hmm. And it was an abandoned room. Like there was no, nobody in there. It was an empty apartment. So that really got me thinking, like, what the fuck? Maybe, maybe it really, you know, like something was really in there, like. I took over that room for a little bit. That's pretty mm-hmm. creepy that no one lives there. So I forgot about it for a while. And then like over a couple of years, I had these instances where I would be playing guitar all alone. And I felt like inside of me that I was performing for somebody or something. Like it was, re- and like while I was playing, I felt like, oh my God, I can't, even though I'm practicing, I felt like I couldn't mess up. Like I was on stage. And then, and that happened to me a few times over the years where I was, so nervous i'm all alone in my room and i'm getting so nervous like i'm performing for somebody or something or some or like a group of like i'm on stage but i was just in my room and i don't know why that came over me and it happened to me a few times and then a couple months ago i had a dream where my wife woke me up because i was screaming in a dream i was screaming i'm not dead how can i be dead i'm not dead because i had a dream that i was meeting like a council of these lion-headed beings and they told me that they love leisure and they love the music of our world. And that's something that they can't do is perform music and that they're from Lyra and that I'm a descendant from Vega or something like that. And that they said that they love my music and they don't go by uh, what we go by. Like our, our famous people, they don't really go by our media. They, they have right, their own musicians right. yeah. that's on this earth, right? And that they have these own musicians that they come and most of the musicians that they like are just people playing in their house all alone. And it's funny because after that, I was playing the other night and I closed my eyes and I almost could see the outline of a group of people like staying there, like in, in the blackness. And I didn't want to feed into it. So I just, I just stopped playing and I went and ate dinner. 
but they're all pissed, maybe they're all, they're all playing for it. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I researched these, you know, a couple of months ago when I started researching after that dream that they, these beings do originate from Lyra and they supposedly they were attacked by a reptilian species and they had to leave their planet and that they love leisure. It says that right on the website too. They, they, they love it. So maybe it, it went into this abandoned apartment and it was looking at me play that night. It wow. was kicking back and, you know, just beamed itself in there somehow. Well, and letting itself be seen. Like maybe, maybe we're, maybe there's just a shitload of different types of spirits and, and people in astral form or, or those beings in astral form always watching us. And yeah. sometimes like you're sensitive enough to pick up that you're playing in front of an audience when really they're just always there all the time. Like, and, and they're in the watching dream, us yeah, right now. In the dream, they said now that they, their, their planet is destroyed, that they project, like they, they, they're coming to me in astral form, but it's from the Kuiper belt. That's what they said. Kuiper belt, that's the one between here and uh, between Mars and Jupiter. Yeah, and they, they don't speak with like I, I was I was like here like I was hearing it in my head in the dream, they were speaking to me, but they like the impression that I got is that they speak through symbols. Like they were they were talking to me with their eyes, basically, like like somehow I understood. But they, they speak through symbols. Same with the in like in the all these astral beings, they don't speak a language like us. They speak through symbols. It's gestures of power, different symbols. And these old ancient ways, like through through the strega and all these old ways, the runic symbols, these all symbols, they activate stuff in our DNA. They, these old symbols mean stuff. Just like, why, why do you think Hitler took that, that swastika symbol? It's an old, old ancient Sanskrit Hindu symbol. Yeah. You know? that was, I believe, right? Yeah. All these symbols mean stuff. They're, they're very powerful. Actually, the Kuiper Belt's out beyond the planets. Yeah, that's what I thought. It's beyond Neptune and all them. It's right outside. Yeah, right outside that's right. the planet. So, so I wonder if if that's the same. Like, if you were to look at the, isn't there an Egyptian god or goddess with a cat head? Yeah, I wonder I like if a, it, a I wonder if it's still, I it on my Twitter. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. There was like a little, a statue of it I posted. Yeah, I wonder if it's did did that look similar to the the lions from Lear? Very wide headed. The yeah. one I, see, I only, and it was very dark and it was the only time in my life I've ever seen it in like 3D actual yeah. life. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So I, I want to ask you, I want to switch gears a little bit. Cause before I forget, since I've been watching this uh, Spartacus show and that they, they came from that, uh, Capua was the, that was the, uh, the ancient town that's near Naples now where there's a big stadium. Like that was obviously less than like the, the Coliseum, but, yeah. um, but I wonder, like, with uh, Lake Lake Nemi being so close to Rome and actually having those aqueducts, like, is there any is there any rumors about tunnels going all the way from the Vatican to to Lake Nemi? Like, maybe that that whole thing is part of the their underground network. It could be. I think the Vatican. There is something very secretive about them and Lake Nemi, and the, not the fact that they even have a, a Radia's scrolls hidden underneath the Vatican as well. Still, but. They, they like, even if you look in like tour guides for Italy, nobody ever talks about Lake Nemi. They, they keep it a secret. They really keep it a secret. And I believe that there are tunnels that go all the way to the Vatican, all the way to Rome, for sure. It's only at 17 19, or 19 miles. Yeah, that's really like that. nothing as far as tunnels go. Yeah. Hmm. How long's the tunnel? Well, that's, that's a, you know, a carry cars and shit. We're just talking about a tunnel that's going to carry like a few thousand soldiers or something. 
or or you know or something. There's gotta be, there's gotta be or something. <laughs> or it's just uh, you know access to the underworld. Maybe Hades. Yeah. Wow. So what's your plan? Oh, by the way, the movie was Donnie Darko. Oh, oh wait, I've seen it before. Hmm. Yeah, they have That's those where he has weird, like, like ethereal fucking umbilical cords roaming around. Damn, man, I was hoping that was one of your watch dreams. I've no. seen that before where he had like a bunny head and stuff, right? Yeah, yeah, it's wild. Yeah, yeah I've seen it once a long time. Have you time, seen Donnie Darko, though? Um, I don't know, I can't remember. Hmm. Not sure. You should watch it if you have Yeah, maybe. It's a pretty good one. Did you have you seen the 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 new show on Netflix, Strange Things? No, I've been. Uh, no, I've heard a list. lot about it. Yeah, it's pretty good. I watched it. Is it scary? It's not so scary. It's just it gets you. It pulls you in. Hmm. Yeah, that's sounds... like a cross between Montauk and and like MK Ultra type stuff and oh. all that. Oh. That's why everybody says it's so good. So I think everybody that I know that's watched it just loves it. And they even mentioned MK Ultra in it, and because it's about like government experiments on kids, oh, and they're making like a psychic warrior. Yeah, I've this heard a ton of people get hooked right into it. It's almost like they they took like the Stand by Me characters and made it into like a paranormal version. It's like a bunch of kids. They're they're on a quest, you know. They're helping each other, and it's almost like there's the fat kid, or there's not really the fat kid. Yeah, there is the fat kid. Chunk. It's like the fat. Kid, there's this. Yeah, it's almost like there's the fat kid with a lisp instead of chunk. Instead of being the truffle shuffle, they have the kid fucking snap his arm to the left. They're like, snap your arm, snap your arm, and he he can like put his arm out of the socket. It's almost like the truffle shuffle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Are you allowed to say fat kid? Yeah, we're, like we can say we can say whatever we want. Is that politically correct now? Just say plump, plump, chunky. Plump. I think fat's okay. Husky, fat. yeah, yeah, like, husky. There's another word for it that that they they obese? call me that no that uh, morbidly obese. <laughs> you that yeah. they call you? No, it's uh, there's a there's a. I'll, I'll think about it. And I'll, t- I'll let you know later. Stocky. Yeah, kind of like that. Yeah, Staunt. beefcake. I think beefcake. <laughs> Beefcake. <laughs> 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 All right, beefcake. <sighs> so, uh, so what's going on over there in the states right now? How do you feel about everything? Like switching gears to more of like current events and stuff like that. Are you? Uh, are you worried? I, no, yeah, I'm a do, little. Do you worried. pay attention to it or? I pay attention. I mean, I don't. I don't really uh, watch TV, but I got Netflix and computer and all that kind of stuff. But I don't. Uh, I don't know, man. I feel like we're. It's going to be some really bad times before it gets better. And I, I don't think that economically we could sustain what we're doing. I think it's going to be some kind of collapse. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And then it's going to be civil unrest. What's going to happen? I mean, especially if what if the power goes out? Like everything's done. Like if power if power goes out, nobody has access to their money. Nobody can get food. It's just within a couple of weeks, the whole world is over. Like as in, even if it was a, a cosmic event, like a Carrington event type thing, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Think about it. Yeah, just be every man for himself. Yeah, just hope. Nobody, just hope to fuck you're on the night. It's nighttime here. What? Yeah. Because if it was nighttime here, that was like fuck Europe. 
Europe gets fucking Carrington, we we're okay. Well, if it's nighttime in Canada, you, you... yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's selfish. <laughs> hey, hey, if it's big enough, it'll affect everybody. It won't matter what time it is. It's selfish. We might as well all be dead. I mean, they're, they're thinking about like every the the rumor in, in America is that they're going to try to take our guns, and then once they have us defenseless, they're going to try to hurt us like sheep. Wanting to survive is is uh, <laughs> selfish. Thing, no. man. It's selfish. Yeah. No. Yeah, gun, yeah. I don't know. The gun ones are tricky, but yeah, I was actually looking at shirts. Today. I was looking at one where it's a sheep. Those saying guns are and bad. I don't know about. I don't, <laughs> I don't know about Canada, but like our police here in the states, they got military gear. Like they have military vehicles, military guns. Like they got all the excess military stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They keep coming out with new stuff so they can arm your police force with all the old stuff. Dude, they got armored cars going down the streets with guns on them. Yeah, we don't see that kind of shit here. Not yet. Anyways. Not yet. No. But in Europe, apparently, it's it's in Europe already. Yeah, that'll happen when yeah. the shit that's been happened. Yeah, it's kind happened. of crazy. I thought it would have gone the other way. Like if you're thinking ten years ago or whatever, you'd think it'd be going the other way. But it seems to be spiraling out of control. Slowly. It, it seems like all the prophecies are coming true, and it seems like you know the the Middle East, the ancient Mesopotamia area. It's always been a hotbed for war. I mean, something spiritual, cosmic, something is going on there. It does, just, you know, it, it does feel deeper than resources, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I wonder about and, that. And it's funny because we talk about those red-haired giants. I was recently emailed. Uh, you ever hear of L.A. Marzulli? Yep. I'm going to start calling them ginger giants from now on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, he, I was emailed something about from L.A. Marzulli about... Uh, recently, like in as early as uh, like as late as 2003 or whatever it was, they said right after the World Trade Center happened and we went into Afghanistan, they said that our military took down a friggin giant, like a red haired giant and speared one of them. And he came out of the one of the caves like it was a special ops mission to get this giant. That's why we went in there. And I have the whole Fuck, the guy, eh? L.A. Marzulli, L.A. Marzulli emailed it to me. He's doing a whole documentary about it if you want i'll email it to you yeah yeah for sure yeah yeah i got an email about a giant from one of our, one of our listeners too um clint, we should actually. have him on clint p yeah clinton he was talking about uh a big man 13 foot tall big man spotted in manitoba numerous times whereabouts in manitoba 15, he took numerous shots to the face before they took him down wow like they were oh and he he moved with an agility that like disarmed them. They they were frozen. Their their until their their training kicked in. They were frozen for a few seconds because his agility. When he jumped, they went to the, they surrounded this cave that he was supposedly in. And when he came out of the cave, the, his agility really caught them off guard. And he had a big huge pole that he speared one of them on. And they said that there was this putrid smell that was coming off of him, like skunks and dead bodies. And that he had one of them on a pike. And then he was coming at, at the other ones and they were open firing, right? And they were all yelling, shoot him in the face, shoot him in the face. And they were shooting him in the face before they took the giant down. I'll send you the email because I was, I was watching the whole thing. I think uh, he did a whole documentary about it. He was even at one of the military guys that, that was supposedly there. They had his face blacked out and his, his voice all messed up, but he was talking. They had him interviewed. That's interesting, eh? They know they know that there's the bones everywhere, and they're going after the fucking live ones, right? And they're like, "That's well, you know, number one yeah, thing in Afghanistan, go get that red-haired giant." And number two thing, well, secure the poppy fields. 
That's what I was just going to say. My my friend's son, when he went there, he, his job was to guard the perimeter. He was walking the poppy fields all day. Yeah. He was guarding them. And, and, all, and, and all of a sudden, like, the, the States has a huge increase in, in uh, what's it called again? Heroin, right? It's cheaper than Oxy. <laughs> yeah. 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 Wow. Her- heroin's cheaper than Oxy again. It's a, supposedly, the reason why they went to go get this giant is one of, their, one of their crews had gone missing. And so they went to go find out near this cave. And when they drove over, they, they went over with the helicopter and they saw bone matter. And some of the military equipment within the bone matters in front of the cave. They knew that was the spot. He ate them. And they went back. Yep. And yeah, exactly. And even like those Native American myths, man. And not they're not myths. They're they're actually not myths. And you know how like they they say like if you tell a story, it's like the game telephone in time. It gets goes down the line and gets changed. Yeah. It's not like that in Native Americans. I've been talking to these elders now, and they. Like they choose a, a, a child in the tribe. While as he's growing up, they look for a really smart child that's that really takes a liking to the to the ancient stories of the tribe, and they teach him by oral tradition every word of the ancient stories. And that's his life is dedicated to learning the story word by word. He can't change it, and that's his whole life is to learn these stories. And each generation they pick. A, a kid to learn these stories and it's passed down from generations. And one of their main stories, they even make things called wampum belts where they engrave like the, the story on the belt. And one of their main stories is about these double row teeth, red haired mm-hmm. giants mm-hmm. that you know, would, would bite a warrior's head off and drink the blood and do satanic ritual sex with their snatch women up and, and do like this ritual sex in the mountains. Like, the warriors would, would tell them and find out where they were going with their women, and they saw them doing weird sex with them. And two tribes that were warrior tribes, they, 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 were, uh, you know, they would be at war with each other, these tribes. They had to actually get together and make a pact with each other to go after like a family of six of these giants. And supposedly they, they had killed them and buried the bones in a mound, and then the Smithsonian came and took the bones years later when they were found by, by two kids. Tom's face is tons, lighting up over here. Tons of tons of accounts of uh, of the bones being taken by the Smithsonian. Interesting. Yeah, it, yeah. I think it was. Uh, I got to look. It's in my research somewhere. It's in my papers. I, I don't know if it was in upstate New York or somewhere near Canada, somewhere where the bones were found near a lake. Yeah, and then there's also the. Uh, so that's the diff. That's a different native sort of lore to the Sasquatch too, right? That, I mean, that's. Uh, I think they're. Yeah, different. they. That, it could be descendants of the Nephilim, just like these giants, the Sasquatch. And, and it's funny that they, you know, the, the, the soldier said that they had smelled that putrid skunk smell as well. Yeah. And it's sometimes, you know, they smell that with uh, Bigfoot sightings and Sasquatch as well. Wow. Fucking fascinating. Yeah. Let, let us know how the, how the giant research goes. So when he, so you're starting up your uh, radio show pretty good. What else do you got coming up in the, in the near future? Yeah. I got the, the radio show on Friday nights, Spiral Radio. What time? Eight. Uh, Friday nights, eight eight Eastern Standard. Yep, it's uh, it's we're on radio. It's on the Para X Radio Network. Para X Radio. We're on UCY. I think Friday nights at ten Eastern, so people can go right from one to the other. Yeah, there you go. Yep, I'm on nine, and that's starting up pretty quick, right? Yep, this Friday's first one this Friday. Also, check it out. Is it going to be available on demand as well? Yeah, I'm gonna. I'll put it up on YouTube. I'll put it up on Apple and all that too. Yeah, yeah, that's good. yeah. That's super important yeah. in my opinion. Yeah, 
yeah, I think it's important to get, uh, to get it in podcast format pretty quick as yeah. well. Cause I, I'm, I mean, I'm personally, I'm so used to doing that. It's hard for me to listen or watch YouTube. It's easier for me to just do the on demand audio. It's so much easier that way. You're right. Yeah. And that's what everybody's doing nowadays too. Yeah, I think so. So, um, yeah, man, is there anything else you want to mention? Anything, any other ways people can get a hold of you or check out your stuff at all? Yeah, you can get me uh, on Twitter. It's at Ramoy. It's at R-A underscore M-U-A-Y or at Moontribe MMA. Or if you, if you guys, if I do free readings on people. You can contact me either on Twitter or at Moontribe712 at iCloud.com is my email. And I do free readings on anybody that contacts me. And you could get me at the PowerX website on that Spiral Radio. Sweet. Yeah, we'll have to have you on again, and we'll get you do the reading for Darren. Darren's, we, we yeah, we'll do a reading, and there's so many other experiences and everything we can get in. I mean, there's, it's endless. Yeah. And I'll definitely have you guys on my show anytime you guys want. Right on. Thanks. Thanks, man. Thanks for coming on, and, and uh, it was fascinating. I love, I love the stuff Thank you're talking you, about, and, and good luck with your, right. you know, hope you stick with your, your roots there as well. It's just interesting. Very interesting. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. Right on, buddy. Okay, we'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Yep. Zoom tight. Bless me. Can you do that? That was a fun one. That was great. Yeah, that was awesome. That was, uh, yeah, that was great. It's, uh, you always get a little nervous when you have someone that, uh, that hasn't been around much. But, uh, yeah, that was a fun one. That was real good. Pleasant surprise for sure. Not that I was thought it was going to be terrible, but you know. Yeah, it just it really fits with right now what I'm fascinated by, like the whole magic part and the the paganism and the it, the old ancient Italy, like ancient Rome. Watching that Spartacus movie, like it's just fascinating to me how how that whole just how the Roman Empire was built and had all that. It was almost almost took over the world and then the slaves revolted and ah, it's just fascinating. So, uh, and, yeah, then we they, and then, you know, England took over for a while and then the whole British fucking empire. And now it's the U S of a, and it's going to be probably going to the same thing. Yeah. Right. Probably <laughs> the inevitable collapse. So big thanks to Ralph Anthony for coming on the show. Raw. Raw. Do you call my name? <laughs> You ever hear the band, Ra? No. Oh. Anyway. Uh, we should have L.A. on. Yeah, we should at some point. Yeah. Yeah. Talk about fucking giants. So what do you think about that? Are you going to try some OBEs and some past life stuff there on your own? Gonna spend some time. Your wife would be into that. You guys should do it together. I think I have a full height mirror. I got a few you can borrow. I bet you do. <laughs> you just have to take them off your ceiling. <laughs> anyway, big thanks to R.A. for coming on the show. Uh, check out slash support for all the different options on how to uh, support the show, help us pay the bills and uh, keep us rolling. Yeah, give us support our value for value model. Um, we got a couple new subscribers since uh, we started pushing a bit more. So nice, yeah, yeah, yeah. That helps get in. Tons, Cut, man. You know, small ones. I think one's a two dollar a month and one's a buck a month. No, but, that hey, totally helps. Every bit, every little bit helps. If everyone did that, we'd be laughing. Yeah, we didn't we didn't expect this to cost us so much either, right? Oh. So it's just coming out of our pockets and there's no ads. We don't have any other income coming in for this, right? From the show. Just what you guys think it's worth. Big thanks to that. Uh we got t shirts. We got 
magnets. We got newsletters. Sign up for the newsletter. Grab America.ca slash news. Spam our buddy Graham. Yeah. All the links are in the show notes. Swipe, swipe, review the show. Yeah. What else? Voicemailers, voicemailers. Do you get any voicemails lately? We should push that. That's always fun. No. I got one a long time ago, but I think we played it on the Fandango. Ah. Yeah. yeah. Right on. I think that's about it, eh? That's about it. Thanks for listening, guys. And we will see you next week. The Wayne's World of the Paranormal. Did you hear that one? No. What's that? I'm sure it was a Twitter. About us? Yeah. Mother, a long like time it. ago? No, it was just recently. I like you guys. You like the Wayne's World of the Paranormal. That's nice. <laughs> All right, guys. See you next week.
of a rambling gram with synchronicities all over the web. And Darren is skeptical about everyone and don't believe it yet. I know a lot of people want to send blankets or water. Just send your cash.